Hello and thank you for listening to episode 517 of 6TMW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for August 2023. Hello, mate. How are you? I am not bad. And also, a little celebratory episode as it's five years since we started doing these Decade of Decadence shows. Holy shit, mate. I didn't know that. You've surprised me with that one. Five years. It came up on my... uh, um facebook on this day we um called up well we didn't call off we stopped doing uh Matey's picture house um five years ago and we did our intro show Love so it's five that. years just doing this one isn't that mad that is crazy that is crazy and of course it was what june 2012 when we started 80s picture house so it, it, over 11 years podcasting together and five years this show Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we still haven't killed each other. How about that? We've we've somehow managed not to. <laughs> Don't know how. <laughs> well, I have a few 80s-related things that I'd like to chat about with you. I've not got loads. I've got to admit this episode, but I've got a few. Uh, we have also got that we'll get to in a little bit. I did put the question out there. If you could only ever listen to five movie soundtrack albums... Not movie score albums, what would they be? And we got some good responses to that, so we'll go through those in a, in a few minutes, mate. I'm interested mm. to hear yours. I am, I would, I would bet everything I own that I know one of them that's on there. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be right, and I'll be interested to see if any of ours clash. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm sure we'll have that one at least that we'll both. Uh, yeah, and I think I know what it is, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to start off with, mate. I was in the local shop here just the other day, and I noticed the latest classic rock magazine. It was the ah eight, yes, the '80s issue. Uh, so for the, those listeners in the UK, classic rock, the '80s issue, uh, the albums, the bands, the stories, uh, and it says on the front, big letters, the '80s issue. And it's like collage of all 80s musicians. I'm looking at the cover now. There's Freddie Mercury, John Bon Jovi, uh, Axel and Slash. There's Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. And there's Paul Stanley from Kiss, right? And remember, this is the 80s issue. And he's wearing Kiss makeup. Now, looking at him, just, you know, to give them a little bit of a pass. And you can only see a little bit. You can see his head, his hair. And his chest hair, obviously. <laughs> well, from that, I would guess it's from the Unmasked Tour in 1980. It would be my guess. But, mate, why isn't it? And you messaged me and said, why isn't it, you know, the classic 80s Paul Stanley? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you think of 80s Kiss and um, as good as the albums are, well, not the elder, sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> as good as a couple of the albums are, Unmasked, which I like, and Creatures of the Night, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. You do tend to just go to anything post, lick it up, when they're just done up in a different sort of makeup. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I know they don't like it, but it is, you know, you think about East Kiss and you think of, you know, Asylum and Crazy Nights and Forever and all of that. So yeah. Why is it that not, was... why is it not sort of Asylum era, Paul Stanley, yeah. with the frilly gloves and everything? It was so right. weird that that is the picture of him that they chose to put on the cover of this. Representing the 80s is, yeah. Disappointing classic rock. Get your Come act on, together. Any on. excuse to post a photo of Paul Stanley dressed like that? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, something... 
Right, let's stick to 80s music then while I started talking about this. Bonfire, one of my favourite bands, German band. Um, One of the few, what I would call, and we've talked about this before, mate, uh, perfect albums for me, as in albums where I never skip a song. I think every song on it is an absolute classic, is um, Fireworks from 1987 by Bonfire. Absolutely love that album. So Bonfire are going to release... And it's in uh, Roman numerals, so it's M M X X I I I, which is 2023, and they're re-recordings of three of their 80s albums. So it's Don't Touch the Light from 86, Fireworks from 87, and Point Blank from 89. With because they've got a new vocalist and have had a new vocalist for a while. Now this box set is coming out on September the 22nd this year. I was sent an advanced copy of it today. And mm. I had to listen to it. Now, if I'd never heard the Fireworks album before, and this was my first time listening to it, I'd think, fucking hell, that's a great album. That's a really good album. But because it is so ingrained into me, it's one, you know, I've listened to just oh, countless, countless, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I love it. And the, Everything about it, the musical arrangement, the vocals, etc., are so ingrained into me. It's not a patch on the original, mate. I just no. Go, no it was like, why? Why? Oh, well, I know why. It's probably to get you know they they'll get the recording rights to it. You know they'll get all the money from this instead of the old Fireworks album. Um, people will yeah. be buying this instead. Um, so yeah, you know it's I, I guess for younger listeners and this will be their first experience of bonfire new fans that have come to them recently and they'll go oh my god these are great albums oh, i was torn mate because it is trying to be just down the line and putting my memories to one side and go yeah it is it is a good album but it's not what i remember and i really like so mm. Mm, that's a shame yeah, it'd be, you know, all the classic albums that, you know, Wheeler from the 80s and bands have got a different vocalist, you know, because it's the vocalist that makes the biggest difference, obviously, but these have got new yeah. arrangements and everything as well. And oh. they do and they do sound different. You can tell what song it is, but yeah. you can tell it's really different as well. And it's like, oh, okay, I know why you've done it, but as an old school fan, I'm still just going to play the original, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah too right. Yeah. Oh, dear. You may, you may, are an enabler, is the only way that I can put it, because you WhatsApped me. <laughs> it was a few weeks ago. Uh, Eighty-eight films are releasing a Blu-ray soon. Aren't they, they certainly are. Would you like to tell everybody what it is? Because you've made me spend money, you bastard. Well, you haven't spent it yet. <laughs> it's not out till it's out quite soon actually. It's only October. Um they're releasing a film that I sent your way, Dave, called for Magic Crystal. Um uh Hong Kong film with Cynthia. Cynthia Rothrock, mm-hmm. uh friend of the show in the past. Um and uh Rich Norton's in it as well. It's crazy. Like God what to even describe what it's about. It's just like this bizarre action fantasy. And I sort of discovered it on YouTube. Not a bad quality um, uh, version of it on YouTube uh, a few months ago. Uh, um, unfortunately, it would have been um, perfect for 60 minutes into um, uh, with you and Rambod. But uh, 
it, it, it came first. It came a few months early, um, as it were. Um, and yeah, 88 films are releasing it in October. So, I mean, I immediately pre-ordered it and mm-hmm. you have as well. Because good Lord, Dave, what, like, how do you even do like, I, I mean, I'm glad, like, in a way that you, you and Ramrod, or even if we'd picked it for, our, for this show, I'm trying to describe this film. Mate, mate, you know what? All people have to do is go and listen to the April 2023 Decade of Decadence show. Uh- did we talk about it? That was your first time pick. We, oh my god, my memory! <laughs> Jesus, did we? We did. I picked sabotage as the rewatch, and you Fucking picked hell, magic I crystal. I apologise to. Yeah, that's, well, that's... listen to that, and listen to us try because I. <laughs> you, we do try to explain it. We do try to explain it because that's when you sent me the link to. Uh, the 88 films were releasing too many, it. It's too many, it's too many films that we send <laughs> each other's way. And yeah, I, I completely forgot what God, it's only April. I know I can't remember podcasts we've done for five years ago, but come on, Tom, April, <laughs> only four months ago. <laughs> the old age kicking in. Oh, that's it now, mate. There's, you know, you're hitting that age where it's just, you know, the memory is a thing of the past. Yeah, it's getting there. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, if you um, listen to that, show which obviously i probably need to again um and uh didn't want to watch it on youtube for whatever reason um yeah 88 film bring it out on blu-ray in october so um see for yourself i think it's got new interviews of cynthia rothrock mm-hmm. at the very least um yeah crazy um i'm talking of 88 films and films um from the 80s that they've released in a fantasy vein i watched have you ever seen the seventh curse no it doesn't sound familiar now this is when i was just like oh i've got to send this to you and ramrod about it's too short. It's too short. It comes in at 82 minutes. Oh, so, uh, bugger. Yeah, under the line. Oh, my God. So I was just like, I, I just wasn't, like you said, 18 on it, but, pff, you know, whatever. Didn't really pay much heed to that. I don't even know if I clocked it before I put it on. Put it on, and, and like, there was, like, there, was, there was boobs on the disc. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Put it in. And, like. Actually, hold on a minute. Actually printed onto the disc. Yeah, yeah, the um, the oh artwork has got boobs on it. And wow. I was just like, oh, okay, fair enough. Put it on. And yeah, it's a fair bit of nudity, but I was just not prepared for how just gory it was. Um, it's like a, a fantasy thing again. Um, this guy's been afflicted by a curse, um, and he thinks like a year prior, and he thinks it's sort of like an Indiana Jonesy adventurous thing. Mm-hmm. He comes home, then a year later, the curse, the curse, curses start appearing. Not normally just like blood bursting on his leg and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, it was just, it just gets more. So he goes back um, to uh, try and cure himself of a curse. And it just gets, it's just incredibly gory. And then I looked to see who directed it. It was a director of the story of Ricky. So I was just like, yeah. Ah, okay. A lot. But yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, Chow Young Fats in it. Oh for, my God. It just shows up smoking a pipe every now and again. <laughs> Like, he's not in it much, but um, I'm just like, I think it was like 1984. So you sort of 1984, 1985, the sort of time he was doing a bit tomorrow. So just maybe yeah. on the cusp of his becoming a mag- uh, mega star. But I was like, yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, right. worth a watch. Worth a watch. The seventh curse. Oh yeah, I've had that out for a while. But uh, right, I'm going to um, when we finish recording tonight, mate. I'm going to put that on my watch list on Letterboxd. Yes, and it's. Um, I believe it's only a tenner now, the Blu-ray. So, uh, oh my god, I may ju- I may just buy it then on your recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, it'd been on my that box wish list for ages, but 
I mean, Magic Crystal's the exception to a rule, you know. Like, I don't tend to buy Blu-rays from the day they come out yeah, yeah, anymore, but because um, they'll inevitably just come down in price. So, uh, yeah, I'd been waiting on um, Seventh Curse to do that for a while. So, uh, oh, nice looking, one. Yeah, uh, yeah, you should uh, check it out. And yeah, looking forward to um, just watching Magic Crystal again. Um, I won't be talking about <laughs> it on the show because we already have Jesus. I can't, I can't get my head around that. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, there you go, everybody. April twenty twenty three show. Yeah, go because to me, we... Tom. Because didn't we replace it? Wasn't that replaced? Replacing it with some, you know, we replaced that. I think it was. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, there was some reason why we couldn't, the original pick we couldn't do. And then I was just like, oh, here's a replacement. This, yeah. Or I'd watched it. Yeah, no, yeah, we had to do a replacement. I'd already watched it. Um, and then I sent it to you to watch for the show. That's what happened. That was it. That was That's it. probably why I was getting confused. Yeah. Um, even though I have no recollection of us actually talking about it. But let's <laughs> gloss over that. I do. I seem to remember us. Well, of course we praised it highly because from what oh I remember, God, yeah. it was like fucking I mean, I awesome need... film, fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't need to remember that. I would have been, yeah, I'd be praising it to anyone who'd been infested since. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to get it physically. Since I'm talking of physical media, mm-hmm. um, I uh, finally took the plunge and joined the 4K family uh, recently. Got a 4K. But, I mean, I've had um, a 4K TV for since 2020. And I've got a 4K, you know, Fire Stick, but um, haven't actually had bought a 4K UHD player yet yeah. until now. Um, and I did finally. I was just like, been a bit of a rough month, so I was just, I'll just treat myself. Yeah, why not? Um, and uh, yeah, I'd already, I already had a couple uh, from Vinegar Syndrome because they lump um, 4K discs and Blu-ray discs together in their um, related some of their releases. So um i already had roadhouse so that was what i christened it with oh what a way to start your 4k oh my, journey yeah, oh my god oh. <laughs> so i my blu-ray watching normal blu-ray watching volume is around 35 to 40 on my tv soundbar mm-hmm. my god that was straight down to 25 <laughs> <laughs> right i was just like holy shit and yeah, yeah i mean i have roadhouse on blu-ray but um, I don't think I've actually watched it on Blu-ray. I've watched it on streaming, HD streaming, the last couple of times, and like DVD before that. But yeah, especially like the daytime outdoor scenes were like, wow, this is just very vivid colours and yeah stuff. And then I picked up Last Action Hero. Um, oh, nice! Because the deep, the Blu-ray of that, the Mill Creek American Blu-ray is a bit crap. And but yeah, this was incredible. This that looked great. So, um, but yeah, I got um. Another couple, I mean, I'd already got these on the way because I was just thought I'd be having them for a Blu-ray, but um, a film we'll be talking about later, Undefeatable, mm-hmm. and uh, Sidekicks with Chuck Norris, uh, <laughs> which is oh, a God. lot of fun. That yeah. film didn't even get a DVD release. This is its first home in home oh, release. It's VHS. Whoa. So uh, what a jump. VHS to 4K. That's incredible. VHS to 4K. Yeah. So yeah, that that film's a lot of fun, by the way. I um I had seen it before, but I think it was one of those films where it was just uh, mates and you're just chatting away through yeah, it. You didn't really yeah. pay attention. But this time, actually watching, it, I was just like, that's a lot of fun. That film. So uh, obviously, we'll talk about Undefeatable later. Uh, but yeah, I've um I'm not going to be buying loads. I'm not going to be like I'm going to replace my Blu-rays with 4Ks. But you know, it's there. <laughs> if there's anything like like I've yeah. got like Alien and Prince of Thieves and um a couple of others, uh, True Romance on my w- wish list. Yeah. You know, when I feel like watching them, I'll pick them up and uh, be in 4K. So. That's always good, though, isn't it? If you're in somewhere like CEX or wherever or online and see a bargain. And then, you, you know, you can just pick one up cheap because, you, you know, you can pick up some real good bargains on 4K. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, uh, and like sometimes I go into FOP in uh, 
central London and um, they've got like bargain prices. So, you know, like 13 yeah. quid for something. But yeah, yeah, as I say, I'm not going to be like going nuts on it, but I'll be a, uh, it's just, just nice to have now. And yeah, yeah, you can really see the difference, especially you when can. it's something like, you know, that hasn't been released on Blu ray or been a bit of a shitty Blu ray release or every extreme case of sidekicks VHS days. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned about the sound as well, because as well as, you know, a lot of that. And with the, with some of them, a lot of people go, oh, it's, you know, it's not crystal clear. They're still great. You know, a lot of the 4K discs, you still get the film grain and so on. But it's, you know, it's the colours, it's the contrast. It, it's, it's the definition yeah. of everything. And it's yeah. the sound as well. Like you said, the sound is like, yeah, like fucking I, I, hell on I, I, a lot of them. Undefeatable. Like, I'm not going to get into the specifics of a 4K on when we're talking about Undefeatable, but like Undefeatable and Sidekicks, they, yeah, it's grainy, but like, the source material, there was a warp that not a warning. There was a thing before Undefeatable saying, oh, the, a lot of the source material was really bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these sort of films that uh, haven't, you know, like Undefeatable never hit Blu ray. I think that was DVD. And like I say, Sidekicks was VHS. Like, you've just got the sort, you've got to go on the source material and like, yeah. you can't just completely have a crystal clear, you know, picture of like as if it's a fucking christopher nolan film or if it's like you know like oppenheim or barbie crystal clear vivid, yeah yeah amazing colors and stuff it's like um you know you've got to it's the best it's ever gonna look so yeah but um yeah a, a worthwhile purchase i'm glad i did it oh nice um, one mate well, sometimes when, you, when you've had a crap month you just need to treat yourself yeah and you know you've been a, a fellow cinephile what better thing to get than the 4k player exactly Right then, mate, let's get this out of the way before we get onto some more uh, good stuff to chat about. You know what button I'm going to press. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, again, there's been a few. Uh, yeah, but in recent days as well. Well, today, in fact, as well. We'll leave that one for a minute. Um, Paul Rubens, probably oh. better, better known as Pee Wee Herman. Um, oh man, no a loss. Seventy. Only said again. That's not old. Seventy. No. Uh, you know, I I'm on the record. I've said a few times. Never a fan. I always found Pee Wee character to be more annoying than funny. Tina, huge fan. Um, so, but you know, it's. I mean, there's so much. There's so much more. Oh yeah. I don't. Yeah, like him in Mystery Men was great. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Episode, was, it, was it? I can't remember if it's more than one episode of 30 Rock. He was in it. was so funny in that. Or was it Arrested Development? It was, some, it was 30 Rock Arrested for Development. Oh, God. Uh, no, I think it was 30 Rock. Um, he was in. And, you know, there's, there's so much. I was remembering Blow, the Johnny Depp one as well. You know, I was just like, that was the oh, first time. I was God, just like, yeah. oh, is that Pee Wee? You know, saw him not as Pee Wee. But, yeah, I love Pee Wee as well. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, God. It's just so naturally funny and he just seemed like such a nice guy like yeah there's so yeah. many stories of people you know like he just seemed not in a bad way lonely but like you know like he'd met fans and he was they're like oh you know my kid will love you and he like, like invited them to his house and you know he spent a couple of hours with mm-hmm. them you know just you know just hanging out with them um so uh no just yeah yeah really sad that it is yeah you know like i said it, even though me not a huge fan was like oh fucking hell that's a pity that he's no longer with us and again you know just age 70 as well uh absolute uk legend passed away at 88 michael parkinson i mean Chat show king oh nobody better i it, mean now oh. and now it's you dave that's it I, I, i've got you, you, t- <laughs> you've inherited the throne that's it that's it now come on bbc I'll um I'll interview Graham Norton's too young. 
Yeah. You've got you've got your old white man here. So. That's it. We need the elder statesman of interviews. <laughs> Dave C. Instead of Parky, I don't know. Oh, instead of Parky. That's it. Oh, I mean, you could talk endlessly about the, oh, God, like. you know, iconic interviews. You, did, you know, the Billy Connolly one. Um, Ali. Yeah. Rod, Rod Hull. Rod Hull and Emu, <laughs> where he got attacked by Emu. And Grace Jones. Oh, God. there's, oh, just, he, he was. Hundreds, yeah. And he was, you know, he was he was one where what I like to think that, you know, I do with the interview shows is just you go in, you just have a chat. You don't sit there and yeah. just fire questions and you whatever the the guest says, just roll with it and mm. go with and you go down tangents. And he he like I said in the tweet, it's not often that I tweet when people have died, but I did when he did in the pot, you need quite simply the best. Because he was. Yeah. He was just incredible. Just incredible. Uh really talking about incredible and let's go to incredible directors william friedkin 87 uh, i mean him and lynch are my favorite directors of all time so this was absolutely heartbreaking yeah just his body of work i mean uh obviously for french connection the mm-hmm. exorcist yeah like cruising mm-hmm. um i mean my favorite film of his like i mean i've, I've watched it again went to see it at the prince charles cinema the other day they were doing like a tribute screening um, I'd already seen it there this year once, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's to live and die in LA. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know, um, I saw, I know your, I saw your letterbox was like three and a half, so obviously you don't hold it in quite the same esteem mm. as me. But it's just something about that film. So you know, I just find it underrated. People don't know about it as much, and it's just like it's and it's very eighties. Oh Holy yeah, shit, it's yeah. very eighties. But my god, it's just so good, and there's a fucking stinker of a twist at the end. Just absolutely <laughs> like. I won't say in case you've not seen it, but like when the twist comes at the cinema, it was a sold out screening as well last week. I saw it at the gasp that went up because I think a lot of people yeah. there hadn't seen it before. Uh, the gu- I was just like waiting for it, like me. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the going, the, um, the opposing traffic car chase, just, you know, up there with the French Connection car chase. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sorcerer. Like, oh my god incredibly and wow. like, the wages of fear is a great film but this sorcerer is so tense oh my god yeah. that is a tense film and his more recent stuff like killer joe and bug god i remember seeing bug for the first time like fuck, and no pun intended what well, talk about a film that gets under your skin um <laughs> yeah and, he's, and his final film is showing at the venice film festival next month so um hoping oh, okay. that that hits this country yeah um uh soon i think it's a courtroom thing with Kiefer sutherland so um but yeah huge huge what's your favorite um uh friedkin uh i mean a lot of people probably go to the exorcist because that is a yeah, stone cold classic. i mean probably the exorcist but i mean sorcerer is a very close second i love that film yeah what well, yeah I'll, I'll be watching that again soon um my local uh i think picture houses around the country actually are showing um um cruising and then french connection um, on a couple of mondays coming up but I'll yeah definitely see cruising there because it's like oof, that's a it's a grimy film that is <laughs> it is it is so um yeah but huge 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 loss we could talk about friedkin for so long oh yeah i'm just i'm just so lucky that i've got to see him in person yeah another, another screening of a, of a to live and die in la with one <laughs> chunk there as and you know commode interviewing him and uh they put up a thing up um at the, the screening i went to the other day and just said like a little text thing saying like he came to the cinema he walked he walked in he looked around and he just said out loud what a shithole <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a, 
just a legend. Like yeah. I've got his I've got his autobiography on the way because I've been meaning to pick that up for years. Because well, God, what a read that's going to be. How outspoken he was, um, and just uh, he didn't give a fuck. And uh, <laughs> I don't. Know, have you ever seen um, the documentary Freed Can Uncut? I uh, about his career. I don't think I have yet. No, oh, I think look, that is look on, that one out. That's on my watch list if he's, I remember rightly. He's just like he doesn't give a fuck. It's brilliant. <laughs> what a guy. Well, unfortunately, another person who not only have you seen, but you've met, um, I guess, fueling conspiracy theories that maybe you were the Grim Reaper, um, <laughs> is uh, Terry Funk passed away, age 79. Yeah, just yesterday. Or, um, oh, sorry, the day before, I should say. Yeah, yeah I mean, abs- like a lot of people say he's like the greatest professional wrestler. I mean, probably all-rounder because he could do it all. Um, and he just adapted. You know, he was still... The whole thing was middle-aged and crazy. He was in his late 40s, early 50s, doing moonsaults off ladders onto people. Just not, you know, like the, the running joke was he'd never retire. And he didn't really feel like he did. Like he, I think he ended up going into a care home about a couple of years ago. But he was mm-hmm. just like, he was still doing indie shows and just showing up and, you know, battering people with chairs and stuff. Um, and yeah, obviously not just wrestling. He also branched into films, you know, like, I mean... For us, for you and me, I mean, again, Roadhouse, um, <laughs> um, and uh, Over the Top, Over the as Top, well. yeah, Paradise well Alley, Paradise Alley, yeah, yeah, he's just, he's been, you know, I mean, just those first, I, know, I like Paradise Alley as well, but those two, just like for me, like the seminal 80s movies, um, and yeah, no, it's a great loss. I well, yeah, I met him uh, when I went to Dallas for WrestleMania in 2016. And uh, he was doing like a, a God. I probably spoke about it at the time on on the show. Like he was doing a, a tailgate party, and it was just this. It, I mean, he didn't organize it. He was just there as a, an appearance. But it was just this. Like it wasn't outside or anything. Like this big barbecue thing. Um, it was just this small room, and he went in, and he was signing and doing photos at a table. Uh, I always wish I'd bought a shirt. He had these really cool shirts, <laughs> and, the, and the barbecue thing was just like, it's like school lunches sort of thing. And there's a tiny wrestling ring at the other end where it's just like a indie wrestling, and the smell of you know like stale barbecue. The whole it was that. I was just like, it was just like I was in the queue. I was just like, oh, I might get something to eat. People were just sat on their own at these tables. It was a bit sad looking. I'd, I'd had enough of the smell by the time I, I saw what the, what it looked like. I was just like, saw a Taco Bell. And at that point, I'd never had one. So um, I was like, I'm just going to go down to Taco Bell and try that out down the road. But met him. He was so nice. He was just like, uh, you know, I came up next to him. He was like, I'm going to put you in a headlock. <laughs> and he put me in a headlock and he like, fucking felt it as well. Um, and that's only seven years ago. He was in his 60s then. Um, but lovely guy. That The photo, you know, the meeting him, I'll treasure forever. So, uh, yeah, the Funker. What a legend. The Funker. You telling that story. Uh, reminded me of when me and Tina met uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah. And I got a picture of him and he's got me in a headlock and it was like, fucking hell, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony Funk had me in a headlock. Like, Roddy Piper had you in a headlock, you know. What, what? Memories, yeah. mate. Oh, great. I didn't yeah, go absolutely. so far as other people who were there that evening and who I, I, I saw it happen twice. They did actually get Roddy Piper to get them to pass out you know doing the headlock thing oh, and they just put him asleep yeah. oh my god and they actually did it and i thought I'm not... and he'll do it yeah he and, he did, and he did do it he did it twice man i thought i'm not Funk going as well yeah I'm not like going I... that far just just get me in a headlock i'll get a picture and i'm more than happy just don't yeah. just don't let me pass out 
<laughs> so that was good. Well, again, the final one is probably giving um, sort of a you know a counter conspiracy theory that I might be the mm. the Grim Reaper because this is somebody that you know I met. Um, only found out about it just a few hours ago before we recorded. Yeah, I only saw about an hour ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, he passed away like uh, yesterday evening. Um, Bernie Marsden, age seventy-two. Uh, White Snake again. You know, I've talked many times. White Snake, nineteen eighty-one. Come and get it tour. The first ever gig I went to. Um, then met him at the TIV in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, interviewed him in twenty seventeen. There's an interview out there. Um, please go and listen to it on sixty MW. I mean, what an absolute gentleman. Um, me and Tina met him and he was like so lovely. You know, that again, that old saying, never meet your heroes, didn't apply to Bernie Marsden. Most definitely not. He was, he was yeah. just in, absolutely incredible. Uh, memories of that first gig, you know, like, and we've always said, you know, proper white snake is <laughs> like pre-1987. Bernie Marsden was always my favourite member of White Snake, And... Um, yeah, the news that he passed away today was like, fucking hell, that was one that hit a little bit. It's like, oh, he's gone now. That's it. It's like, fuck. Yeah. But, you know, thankfully he's left a great body of music uh, and so many good memories from everybody that he met, myself included, that went, yeah, he was a fucking good guy as well as a great musician. So, uh, yeah, I have played a bit of White Snake today, mate. Got to admit. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, and that's, thankfully, that's all of them. There was just five. <laughs> for some of the heavy hitters. Though, heavy hitters, mate. Heavy not not hitters. to say, you know, any one death, you know, but, yeah. you know, like, if if you're a fan, you know. For us personally, there's been know, some, like, yeah. Friedkin, Funk, like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot, you know, some of the people you grew up with, you exactly. know. And, and especially, like, you know, like in the case of, you know, you and um, Bernie Marsden, me and, and Terry Funk, you know, meeting, you know, we've literally met them, yeah. you know. Yeah, so many good yeah. memories of, you know, of being with them, seeing them. And it's, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're quite literally, you know, a part of your life, you know, that you've yeah. grown up with. And then that's it. They're, they're gone. So, yeah, it's just, wow. Next month, next month, death, just, you know, it's coming up. Just take her easy, you know. Yeah, let's let's have a month off. You know, hopefully I won't press that button. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, though, I will be pressing this button again next month. Yo, Polly. Uh, oh yeah, sly news, mate. Had to happen. We have both seen the Expendables Four Red Band trailer. We have. We have. Shall we chat about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. 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 Moving on. <laughs> um, I mean, you'd just be pressing the fucking button again. So, um, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, expectations uh, after the first uh, Expendables trailer were low. Yeah. Um, very. Um, this one. I mean, the whole PR campaign seems to be it's rated R. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, there's not going to be any other PR campaign because there's a strike on. So yeah. this is it. It's just like, it's rated R. This is what you wanted. Come and watch it. <laughs> um, and it's like, you're going to mention the CG blood. Um, and obviously there's loads of it. It looks very CG, the blood, but it always has. In the <laughs> my, my opinion is it always has in the Expendables. So I wasn't expecting them to be like doing practical effects or anything like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it looks violent. It's going to have lots of swearing in it. Um, not sold on everyone in it, but lads out of a raider in it. So um, hopefully there should be some good fight scenes. Um, hmm. Yeah, expectations slightly raised, but we'll see. 
Yeah, it's probably exactly the same as you, mate. You know, like you, when we talked about it, the first trailer that came out was, you know, and again, I broke my rule. I know I'm going to see it, and I've still watched the trailer. Um, and it was like the first trailer was awful, just awful. <laughs> this one, yeah, we're pleased it's R-rated. You know, that's what we've said as well. Make it R-rated, so that's a start. And again, you know, we've talked about it, you know, off-air. They're not going to make it you know, practical effects and squibs, which is, you know, ideal, which is what we'd like. It's going to be CG blood. And some of it looked all right. And some of it looked like, from what I saw, it's like, oh God, that's a bit of shit. But would I rather have shit CG blood than no blood at all? Yeah, uh, yeah probably. Um, yeah, it would maybe prefer some other different people in it, but... I'll hold back my opinion until we see it, mate. But I think, again, it could be a case of going into it with expectations, you know, really low. That could benefit it because you were thinking it's going to be shit, it's going to be shit. And then oh, it's not that bad, actually. So, yeah, I, I mean, I saw um, Blue Beetle, Tag Beetle, Blue. Oh, shit, I've already forgotten what it's called. Yeah, it is the Blue Beetle. The new DC one. I, I, think was it is the first Blue, time. I think it is Blue Beetle, yeah. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> is that the excitement of Blue Beetle, mate? Just got your sneezing. I did sneeze. So I put myself on mute. Uh, well no need to hear that. How um, professional, mate. Caught it. Um, yeah, Blue Beetle. I mean, I just didn't know anything about it. And I was just like, oh, DC. I'll go. I mean, yeah. I yeah, to the, not to the point where I was going to not go and see it. But um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. So yeah, maybe expectations are low and then mm. we'll be pleasantly surprised. But um, Are you going to go to the cinema to watch it? Oh, I go to cinema to see anything, mate. Yeah. Unless it's Gran Turismo. I didn't bother seeing that. <laughs> or Shazam too. Fuck that. Oh, my God. You won't get the time back, would you? Yeah, that's it, true. Yeah. We'll go to the cinema to watch this. You don't have to tread in dog shit to know you're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> A very good point, mate. A very good point. Um, uh, and you are. And you're making the trip as well. I am. Oh, yeah. I've got to watch. It's sly at the cinema, you know. Oh, so um, so uh, you, but you didn't go and see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, though, did you? Although I have watched it now, believe it or not. Oh, have you? Yeah, I, I didn't only, see that on your letterbox. Only because Sly is in it. But I did what did you think? It. I didn't uh, see that on your letterbox. I did that. I did fall asleep with half an hour to go. <laughs> I mean, it's not a boring film. You can no, say what you just, want about oh, it. It's not no, I'm just like out you, of Is all... it because you're old? Yeah, it probably is, actually. But of all, it's uh, again, it's well documented, you know, all... MCU and superheroes and all of that. Out of I all mean, of those, yeah. this this is the best, the better franchise out of all of those. I'll hold my hand up and say that. Yeah. But then when there was like still again, oh look, it's it's people with superpowers and blasting through buildings and their Yeah, and I mean, it's, oh, it all comes 20 back to that. years of this. It's like I've it all had comes, enough. Yeah. Like as good as the story in Guardians and actually Blue Beetle was, and you know, like. In Blue Beetle, it's a lot of like family stuff, and the family are brilliant in it. They're so you know you love them, like, and it means more when stuff happens. Mm. But ultimately, just CG smashy smashy. Yeah, mode and, says, it, and um, I thought, yeah, I've seen it all, and it's like, and it's you know it's like, that's it's that is comic books, you know, yeah, it's big, yeah, big climactic fight. The only one that sort of deconstructed that completely was um, the She Hulk show on disney plus oh, okay. they completely like went totally meta in the last episode and completely deconstructed it all and took the piss out of it um but then marvel carry on doing them but i mean you can't not do them because like that's what comic book films are so yeah, uh, yeah oh, but true, like you say yeah. 20 years but um no yeah you just got to hope like you, you invested in the characters and stuff like that yeah so uh 
So yeah. no, I, 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 I lost it for most of it before I fell asleep. You saw Stallone. You saw Stallone. I saw only Sly. One scene. So, yeah, so I was happy, and that's the only I mean, reason I watched it. <laughs> and I saw him, so that was good. okay. Uh, I also saw him because I'm going to mention something else now. Yo, Polly. We have now watched all eight episodes of The Family Stallone. Oh my god! <laughs> you know I that? had to do it. How well, it was quite painful, actually. <laughs> it, yeah. quite, it is. Uh, if you're a Sly fan like myself, uh, probably watch episode one and definitely watch episode eight. Is that the first and the last? First and the last. Definitely, if you can only pick one, watch episode eight, okay? Because it really is all about the daughters. It's it's their yeah. show. And they've put it in and they're putting Sly in for, you know, old twats like me who go, I want to see Sly. Um, but they know that the viewing figures are going to come through, you know, the daughters, the younger viewers who, you know, watch their podcast and follow everything else that they do. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was all right, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what just Yeah, it's not it's not for you really or me. I'm not I'm not the target audience. I'll admit the TikTok that. TikTok generation. Yeah, exactly. If if you are a little bit like me, um, i.e. an old twat, just watch episode eight and that'll do I mean, you. I was I was I was about to say like I don't think any member of the TikTok generation is gonna be listening to this show somehow. No, so. I don't think so. I think yeah, I think we're all right. And if you are a member of the well, TikTok well, generation welcome. and you're listening to us, well done. Thank you. We yeah. do appreciate you, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's. It, well, hold on, it's it's bare good to have you here. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Some lad at work. He he, he says all the words. The, oh, like, is it like a whole new vocabulary again? I think bare means very. Oh my god. <laughs> bare good. Is it bare good? What happened? What happened? Mental... What happened to being on fleek? From a few years ago, I, I, I'm still. I'm. I, I, what about being? It, it's lit. It's lit. Hear that anymore? Oh God, we need to stop. <laughs> we need to move on because we're just going to expose ourselves. To God, it. I'm still back from when everything was groovy. That's oh, it. Christ. <laughs> uh, have you got anything else before? I've got nothing else apart from. Yes, oh, yes, do, Dave. Do it before yes, we Dave. Uh, press uh, the button. Oh, oh, go on then. You mean the button? You mean this button? Yo, Polly! No, the better button. Oh, you mean... <laughs> As voted for by oh, our listeners. You mean this button then? Put that cookie down! Now! Yeah! <laughs> because, I mean, God, I booked this, it feels like I booked this ages ago, but it must have been just after we last recorded. Finally, after all these years of him being my ultimate action hero, I'm going to be in the same room as Arnold Schwarzenegger in oh. less than two months. Oh, my God. And I think this calls for a sound drop from another show that we do, but I think I've got to do press it. this, mate. Hey, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, he's got a new book out, um, like a sort of like self-help book about like motivational stuff, you know, how to improve your life, which I'll probably read. Um, so he's doing a two-date UK tour, both in London, obviously, because everything's yeah, in London. Exactly. Um, um, at uh, the London Palladium on uh, the first night in the Royal Albert Hall, on the second, I've got a ticket um, for a Palladium date. Um, smaller, more intimate. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I got I got in there quite quick. Sick throw, 
um tickets are reasonable well i don't get to meet him or anything but i'm just gonna be in the same building like oh yeah, yeah. Meet, meet us from him we get the book for free nice um yeah mid-october or the 20 something of october so uh in a couple of uh episodes time you'll you'll hear all about it but yeah in the same room that's you. i mean i was close to him when we did the expendables one uh two premiere oh, he didn't come as close but uh He'll be, be there. there. You'll be there. You'll be throwing your underwear at him. Oh, yeah. Anything else I've got? <laughs> nice one, mate. I look forward to listening to that. Oh, you'll hear all about it. I'm just seeing cool. if I haven't been up to too much. Um, I'll just keep it 80s related. Mm-hmm. Me and Chris Howard went to see um, the preview cut of Ghostbusters last weekend at the Prince Charles Cinema. Oh, okay. um, Jason Reitman and the uh director of a new Ghostbusters one Firehouse whose name I've forgotten. I'm sorry. He wrote Afterlife as well. Yeah. With uh, Jason Whiteman. Anyway, they're over um because they 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 filmed most of it in the UK. They're they um the next day they were doing their watching their preview cut of their new film. Um but yeah they came up and introduced it. It was basically like a work print version of Ghostbusters. Uh it's the first version of Ghostbusters anyone in, in the world would have seen before it came out. Wow. Um, from sourced uh from a Betamax tape uh that has just been gathering dust ever since. Um it's like Jason Reitman was says it looks like shit and it did look like shit. It looked like a Betamax <laughs> that had been gathering dust for yeah all these years, forty almost forty years. Um no soundtrack, no no song, no Ghostbusters song. Um the only special effects were the practical ones. Oh my um, god. So really minimal. Um, I hadn't put any visual effects in. One shot of Stay Puffed. The dogs, <laughs> um, like one shot of them. But yeah, lots more dialogue that wasn't in the original. A lot of stuff that wasn't in it. Yeah. But yeah, a really interesting watch. Like um, like the montage when they start, you know, gaining ground and they start having more and more cases. Um, just played to absolute silence. No score, no song, nothing. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. They did say there was going to be a couple of scenes where it's just silence. Yeah. And lots, and, and every time they react, when when she opens the fridge, she just opens the fridge and there's just nothing. It's just a fuzzy <laughs> screen and like, got some laughs. But yeah, interesting. Never seen a film in that way yeah, before. Yeah, um, I think it was good. So yeah, that was uh, that was quite interesting. If maybe you want to watch it like properly. Hmm. Um, on a uh, weekend before, I went to... Um, there's a new book out. Um, I think I mentioned it last time. Last Action Heroes. Um, yeah. Uh, by the editor of Empire, Nick. De- I'm going to say his surname wrong. Semlin. Semilin. Semilin. Oh, dear. I bet all of them are wrong. Um, and he, as I probably mentioned last month, he uh, wrote uh, Wild and Crazy Guys, which was all about the SNL cast, you know, and, you know, their careers and what they wanted to, went off to do. This one's all about. 80s action heroes. So nice. Arnie, Sly, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck, Seagal, and Jackie Chan. Um, and, you know, it's, I guess it's in the same sort of vein as that. So, yeah, um, there was a book signing. They showed T2, um, which I, I can't even, I'm losing count of how many times I've seen that in the cinema, like, let alone <laughs> overall. So that were good. Um, and I think that's about it. Like 80s related, it's been a bit of a quiet month there's only been one gig um and that was nothing to do with the 80s 
I mean, it was definitely it was definitely nostalgic for me, and it was a, a great throwback. That was um, uh, Gunnersbury Park, uh, which is God way west in London, to a point where I was just like, "Am I still in London?" It's taken oh so long God. to get here. Yeah, um, that was um, there were some other acts, but I got there for uh, Pendulum, which is sort of a drum and bass mm-hmm. group who sort of transitioned into metal, and Limp Biscuit. So lots of uh, lots of nostalgia, nice. lots of jumping around. Uh, so many compliments, compliments, compliments about my mullet and the shirt I was wearing. Like I was, cool. God, what an ego boost that day was. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it just really took me back to that point, and you know, like I know Lip Biscuit been around for longer, but like that mid to late two thousands point for me, you know, like that's when Pendulum sort of the big metal album came out, and Lip Biscuit, you know, was still around. And, yeah. And you know, like God, they Pendulum even bought out a singer from Bullet for My Valentine. I'm like, oh my God, this this guy. God, <laughs> I was well into them in the mid 2000s. It's just like, yeah, wow, fun. It was, yeah, really nice. fun show. Sounds so, good. Uh, yeah, it does sound good. But, but yeah, yeah, that's what's that's what's been going on. Um, that's all I've got, I think. Well, I think that's plenty of 80s related stuff, mate, to keep everybody going. Um, Surely, oh, come on, um, Paul, come on, say it. Let's let's say make, it. Say what? Ample. Ample. How, how do you what? Ample. 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 Do you want oh, no. ample? Oh. oh, that's a good word. Oh, ample. Yeah. Bit ASMR there. Ample. Ample <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> what do Love we do? It. What do we do? Let's bring it back on track. Let's bring it back on track with a question I put out there the last show. I put it onto our Twitter account. You can only ever listen to five movie soundtrack albums. Again, not movie score albums. What five do you pick? Well, let's go through ours first, mate, as always. Tough. It was a tough one. Really struggled with what was the final one going to be, and I'm still... I, could, I, need, I might need to just flip a coin, because oh, I've actually got whoa. six. Well, I've got... So, I, will, I will say from the beginning, um, this was tough, apart from the first three. There's always three... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my, straight my to the three, top, boom, straight in, yeah, without fail. There's always this top three, mate. Always, always, always. Um, who wants to say the one? You know, come on, and we we don't know. What, well, now what, I'm worrying I, about. Now I'm worrying <laughs> about. Like, oh, will it be the same? Is it the same? We don't know what each other have got. But, okay, so I'm going to say it first. Go on then. Okay, and um, this is also a film that's got a very good score, which yep. you can listen to on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is. I mean, it's an 80s one, and it's probably the, the seminal 80s movie soundtrack uh, for me and hopefully you, Dave. Uh, Rocky Four. It's a different one. <gasps> okay, shall I? Oh, oh, God. This is, oh, shit, what happens? What do you do? Do I carry on with mine and do I do them all? Or do you, no, no, you, I'm going to okay, say... Okay, Rocky, Rocky you, Four. Okay, you've said Rocky I'll, Four. You know what, mate? I haven't got Rocky Four soundtrack on my list. No, I never. Okay, well, I guess I'll talk about Rocky Four for a moment. Do it. Wow, I thought we'd just be bouncing off each other, Dave. Oh, wow. Ooh, I mean, we still might <laughs> have the same one. It yeah. doesn't mean... I'm sure uh, we will have this one. I'm sure we will. Do you, oh, I don't know now. You don't even have this <laughs> in your top five. Um, Rocky Four, oh my God, living in America. I mean, it's the music is so much a part of Rocky Four, you know, like the montages, my God. Uh, uh, living in America, like James Brown literally being in a film. It's just ingrained. I mentioned the score of that separate, the Vince Ticola one, but um, I think there's a Vince Ticola piece or two on the soundtrack, but I think that's fine. Mm. Um, 
it's you know you've got John Cafferty, you've got um oh, you know you got Hearts on Fire, you got Burning Heart, the Survivor song that sounds exactly like Ivor Tiger. <laughs> um, it's a paradox that drives us all. Is a amazing eighties lyric. Um, yeah, it's just you know obviously Rocky Four is one of my favorite eighties films. The I think the music is so important to that. You know, it's a snapshot of the eighties in terms of like visuals um, and the music as well. So yeah, Rocky Four. Well, the first one. Every time, mate, the first one that would go on my list. And it's got to be on yours, mate. If you if you say that it's not on your list, I will, it's probably, I'm worried it, now. It'll be the end of the show. I would have fainted. That would be it. It'll all be over. Okay. Streets of Fire. It's on there. Thank fuck for that. And it was number one on the list, but I went for Rocky Four because I thought that was the one you were going to say <laughs> first. So, yeah, Streets of Fire is number one on the list. Oh, I mean. Yeah. Come, I mean Even more than Rocky Four. So yeah, I mean, what a film to begin with. If you've not watched the film Streets of Fire from 1984, okay. do oh, you? God, so. I'm glad you. I'm glad we were. Our, our number ones were. <laughs> the only, as I say, the only reason I went for Rocky Four was because it was, you know, Stallone and all that. I thought it would be even more likely one for you, but <laughs> you. Oh yeah, you, you've. I mean, again, you've got to watch the film to begin with if you've never seen it. Um, and Incredible. Then, and then you will go and buy the soundtrack. Trust me. Uh, oh, classic song. I mean, Sorcerer. What a what a song. And bookended with those two absolutely incredible Jim Steinman ones uh, oh. done by Fire Inc. Like, which bookend the film as well. Like, full performances, Nowhere Fast and Tonight is What It Means to Be Young. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, because that's it. In the, film, in the film, it's, you know, they sing the songs as well, don't they? Yeah, it's I mean, just... that bit in Nowhere Fast where Willem Dafoe enters, you know, in the film when Willem Dafoe, and in the music video as well, when Willem Dafoe just comes in and comes in through the shadows, he's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I've got it on vinyl. It's, um, it gets played a lot. I've got. Um, I was very pleased when I got the vinyl of that. Um, yeah, it is. It's just. Oh, it is so good. It is so. That is always the first one. You know, movie soundtracks. That yeah, is. Same. That's always the first one. Um, go okay. on. Over to you. Go on. Over to you. I mean, most of these are eighties. I mean, not intentionally. <laughs> um. This is another one I picked up on vinyl, and I mean it's more from a vinyl listen that I sort of fell in love with it because a lot you know, some of the songs aren't actually on the um, film soundtrack, but um, for our sort of music, the soundtrack to Shocker is oh yeah, up there. Uh, what obviously a, what a great choice. Yeah, I mean the title track, like I only heard it in full for the first time on vinyl, and I was just like, holy shit, this is even better than. You know, sword and you know, talking about bonfire earlier, sword yeah. and stone. Sword yeah, and stone. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the best song Kiss never released. Ex- yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah, so many. Literally, you've got fucking. Oh, what's it? Oh, I got Mitch Pileggi doing a rap on it and stuff. Alice yeah. Cooper's on it. You know, they've just got a huge array. You know, like mega group, super groups. You know on it it's just you know it's a just an incredibly big 80s album it is yeah that, no more a, mr nice guy as well that's a good shout mate yeah i'd forgotten about that one that is a really good album actually yeah it's um and a oh, film and a film i like as well <laughs> it's like yeah the dudes of wrath that was it that's um, it yeah yeah that's a super group and then yeah megadeth dangerous toys um bonfire Soraya, mm-hmm. yeah, very eighties hair metal, but yeah, it's um, it's great. Well, mine always after Streets of Fire. Th- this is always the second one. 
with again without fail, no thinking. Um, and from the 1986 movie, Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah, I thought you might go for that one. Oh, Fast Way. Ne- never actually. Here you go, mate. Never a big fan of Fast Way. Um, apart from this album, they do. Yeah, all- I don't. I, I listened to their other albums. I saw them live at uh, Hyde Park <laughs> once. Uh, it's on the same bill as Aerosmith at Hyde Park, and uh, yeah, it was. I only sort of got interested when they did. I think they did a couple of songs of Trick or Treat. Yeah. But yeah, this- no, this is by far their best album. Oh, easily. And this is another one. You know, I mentioned with Bonfire and Fireworks. You know. A perfect album. No song a skip. This is another one. I think every song is an absolute classic. I never skip a song on it. I love every one of it. Uh, yeah. And again, love the film. Fucking great film. But what a soundtrack. What a great rock soundtrack this is. So, uh, yeah, so weird that Fastway eh, tried their other albums, didn't really like them. But this, absolute Stone Cold classic. Very weird. Yeah. Man. Very weird. Funny how it works. It is. Go on then, mate. Back to you. Okay. This is, then we're getting into like, oh, okay. What am I going to pick next territory? Like after the three surefire ones. Um, talked about it a few times already um, uh, in this episode already, but Roadhouse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like if yeah, only just yeah, a Jeff yeah. Buckley, you know. Um, Jeff Buckley, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Jeff. Healy. Yes. Absolutely nothing to do with Jeff Buckley. Not, he's very good. Not, but, uh, yeah. But he's yeah, not, Jeff. He's no Jeff, Jeff Healy. Healy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's such a big part of a film as well. He's literally mm, in the yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he yeah. does, you know, so many songs, but it's just all of them on that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just, a, you know, really t- takes you there. Big part of the, the as, as important as a throat drip is, I'd say. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, that is a good good soundtrack, mate. Good, good, good soundtrack. Uh, well, I did say, didn't I? Three, there's always three. And the third one, once again, another perfect album. Never skip any of these. Uh, from the 1979, nearly the 80s, mate. 1979 movie, The Warriors. Oh, that was like... This is probably the film that... Well, actually, I'd say this and Dirty Harry are the films that me and my dad watched together the most. Yeah. Like we watched them oh, just like countless times, countless times. Uh, and whereas uh, Dirty Harry has got a good good score, uh, mm. the soundtrack to this, my dad always had the cassette of it in his car. And then whenever I was in the car with him, you could guarantee it was like the Warriors soundtrack that was on. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and it's just, oh, I love it so much. Of course, you know, what the memories have been with my dad and all of that, but it is such a fucking great soundtrack as well amazing yeah. songs um amazing film and again you know i think up to now the the films that we've mentioned that these soundtracks have come from if you've not seen the films for any reason go and watch them you know not only buy the soundtracks but go and watch the films as well because the you know up to now the films that we've mentioned are bloody good too aren't they yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's i mean i guess they have to be yeah but this yeah i always think the warriors soundtrack is always i think on cassette <laughs> you've got to listen to it on cassette to get the most <laughs> out of it nice right then mate. okay okay this is a flip of, okay i'm only gonna go for i'm i'm struggling i'm struggling dave um <laughs> okay i'm gonna go for last action hero because the other one's a stallone film and i've already done a stallone film oh. okay last action hero i mean into the 90s but it might as well be an 80s rock one with mm. acdc and megadeth and 
I mean, unfortunately, Queen's works on it, but we'll, we'll gloss over that. But you know, even <laughs> but then there's the, you know Zara Smith, and then there's more contemporary stuff there from the time, like Alice in Chains and Anthrax and Fishbone and Cypress Hill. Um, but yeah, and it's a great film. I love that last action hero. So, and who can ever forget the music video for Big Gun with Arnie dressed up as Angus <laughs> doing the doing the guitar dance? Yeah, just yeah. amazing. And um, like. I was saying about Rocky Four and Roadhouse and music being such an integral part. I don't think this is a tool for Last Action Hero. It doesn't need any of the songs on it, really. Mm. I think it's just because I only like rock music. I like Daisy DC and shit like that. So, But they're just all really good songs. And yeah, so that's mine. The other one was Over the Top. I was, I was going to say, what's, what's the other one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go back to 1977. I was oh. uh, I was 12 years old. 40, oh. I was 40. <laughs> I was 12 and I walked to the cinema by myself three consecutive nights to watch this film and I had to pick the soundtrack to it. Abba the movie. Oh, yes. Swerve. Oh, I love it. I was like a huge Abba fan, huge Abba fan. And it's got the best Abba song ever on it, which is Eagle. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Because it is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to Eagle. I don't. I... Oh, oh, amazing! So everyone, I mean, come on, who doesn't like at least you know a handful of ABBA songs? Yeah, I mean, that'd be something slightly wrong with you if you don't like. Yeah, if you don't like two them. or three at the very least. Yeah, like, and it has. You can't not. It's just, yeah, they're just come earworms. On. Yeah, on. totally earworms. Well, look at that. I mean, who I who thought... would have expected me to say ABBA the movie? I just yeah. I mean, if any, I just and I just did a clean sweep of rock music. Mm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I love, you know, always loved ABBA. And uh, it's made me want to watch the film again, which from what I remember, I haven't watched it in so long. I think it's just like more or less like concert footage with bits in between, but... (laughs) Bits. Bits. I need to rewatch it. But yeah, what what a great soundtrack. And that's what this is about. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely made my top five. Nice. Right. What squeaked in then, mate? The fifth one. I did five. Did you? Oh, you done five? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. That's why I started to wrap it up. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Oh, well, I've got one left because I've got. This won't surprise you, mate. Detroit Rock City. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Had to get kiss in there somewhere. Had to get kiss in there. I mean, come on, but it's also got. Oh, it's got the boys back in town. It's got running with the devil. Yeah, Iron yeah, Man, good, good Highway to You know, this is the the rock one. You know, along with I guess Trick or Treat. Um, so yeah, Detroit Rock City again. Another great film. Another great soundtrack. So that that rounds off my five. Uh, we did right. have thank you to everybody that responded on uh, on Twitter. So the first one um, was Colm in Ireland, and he said. Well, the first one, controversial, mate. We, do we need to uh, to have a bit of a, I don't know, a, a quick chat about, does this count? He bought Blade Runner. Does this count? Is that a soundtrack or is that a score? Because it's Vangelis, isn't it? Yeah, it's Vangelis. Oh, oh it's, it is a tricky probably, one. Probably, uh, I would probably lean more towards soundtrack. Oh, okay. So 50 Because it, it is an artist. True. Who yeah, did all true. the songs on it, much like, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, Fastways a very different example to retreat, but also an yeah. artist that did, you know, it's just a different style of music. It's synth. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would actually. say soundtrack. 
Yeah, because I replied and I put, oh, I would say it was score. But with you explaining it like that, mate. Yeah, I was... yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, there you go, Colin. You're in. You're in with Blade Runner. <laughs> you, you. Uh, sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He also put Grease. Good one. Oh mate. yeah, that, that was yeah, nearly on mine actually. I want to watch Grease again. Oh, great film. And then Grease Two. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finished it off with In the Name of the Father, uh, Hard Day's Night, and Dirty Dancing. Nice Dirty one. Dancing. Bit Swayze. I mean, yeah, I was going to say about Swayze. You've got to have a song. Sounds like Swayze sings on it. Oh. And- yeah, oh. both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the name of a father, I did see that one that you put there, and I was just like, I have no idea what songs are. No, like, I don't know that like, one either. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'm gonna um, have to look, you know, the ones I'm not sure of, I'm definitely going to have to look them up. Uh, so, Dave at Yellowbug 1969, in no particular order, Le Miserable. Oh, mm, the greatest showman. Got to admit, there's some great songs on that. I was so surprised when I watched that film that some of the songs were like, they were like earworms as well. That was a, yeah, that was a moment in time, wasn't it? Like yeah. that film came out, nobody gave a shit, but then the soundtrack, for something about the soundtrack just caught, and then they just pushed yeah. all up the sing-along for things. Yeah. And now it's as if it never existed. I guess that's the world we live in now, <laughs> like these it. films come and go. Yeah. But, yeah, but my God, that was like the most popular thing for about a year and a half just before COVID, wasn't it? It was just like the greatest show, it was everywhere. Yeah. And then just, and it just goes, but. Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. And then Little Shop of Horrors. Donnie, nice, nice. Yeah, Donnie Darko. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a choice. good one. Yeah, and The Breakfast Club. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping that... I was thinking of John Hughes films, but, um, I, yeah, I was hoping I couldn't decide on one. So uh, <laughs> I knew uh, I knew someone would pick a John Hughes yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, and then Carefree Pot, Annette. I don't know. I've not seen Annette. I don't know. I, 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 oh my God. I, I don't think I like Sparks. The Sparks did the soundtrack and they wrote the f- film as well. Oh, okay. uh, I went to see, I went to see the Edgar Wright documentary about them and I think it was too long and I got the idea. But then at I the like same the time, documentary. I like the documentary about I them. mean, if I was going to make a documentary about my favorite band that no one had ever heard of, I'd probably go over indulgent. I just thought it went on too long. I've got the idea. I felt like I'd been smashed over the head by it. Um, <laughs> but then I, I thought I couldn't stick in it. Like, really? Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. don't, I honestly don't know a thing about it. Yeah, Adam Driver's in it. It's, yeah, um, obviously respect everyone's opinion, but oh, couldn't stick it. And, oh. I'm the, and I was just like, Sparks are always like the sort of band you're just like, yeah, exactly my sort of thing, like power pop sort of stuff by... God, but I don't think I like them. I feel like that's some, <laughs> that's some horrible thing to say if you're into sort of like, you know, like just... You know, good music and well-constructed pop songs. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. Oh no! What does it mean, Dave? What does it all mean? Do you like Sparks? Yeah, I do. I mean, oh fuck I, you! I, grew, <laughs> I only actually that I've never bought a Sparks album. I only know the singles, and the singles that they released I like. But so that you know, a very limited point of view, admittedly. Yeah, but the majority of people love Sparks, and there's just me like I don't like them. I'm afraid to say it, and I've just said it on a podcast. Loads of people. It's out there. It's out there. You Spark, I'm sorry, you Sparks fans. I, I will give you Tom's address for a. <laughs> A yeah. certain fee. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say The Crow. Nice. Oh, um, amazing choice. Yeah. Spawn. Actually, I can't remember the soundtrack to Spawn. Oh, my God. Yeah, filters on it. Oh, um, really? Oh, nice. Oh, of yeah. course. Bloody hell. Yeah. That was the timing of that. I watched Spawn again with the, in that, like, you know, when you got a film like that and you're like, oh, it can't be that bad, as my memory says, and then you watch it, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's worse. Um, but the soundtrack's, <laughs> like, sort of full of, like, new metal bangers and filters, like the main song of the end credits, I think. Um, mm. 
yeah, excellent soundtrack to Spawn. Nice. And he finishes off with a couple, Anna and the Apocalypse and American Psycho. Oh, Anna and the Apocalypse. I saw that. Um, yeah, we saw it every... a year, two years ago, whenever. Yeah, and yeah, it's great musical. So yeah, that's a good a good shout. And um, yeah, yeah, no, good good list. Nice. Uh, Michael Fisher. Uh, I can't think of five off the top of my head, but Saturday Night Fever, I would agree with. Uh, Car Wash, Crystal Voyager would all be good. there. Maybe to- Vo- what? I've not even heard of Crystal no, Voyager. I know this is one we need to look up. Crystal Voyager. Uh, maybe top up with some Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, admittedly. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a very good pick. That is a good one. A, my, my, any of them. Yeah, any, a, any of the three films, yeah, with those. Here's enough. Here's another one. I mean, I wouldn't sure as hell wouldn't put it in my uh, top five, but Staying Alive. Oh, yeah. Come on. Some of those BG songs in there, those like non, you know, ones that, you know, like aren't very well known. Mm. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Stallone's there as well. Oh, he's got, oh, come on. He's got some classics. Frank. Awesome songs on that. Uh, ben Wyatt, the Tasmanian Tees, 100% Tasmanian beef. There you go. <laughs> Obviously, I'm obligated to say it. Everybody knows that by now. Uh, ben, Pulp Fiction. Yep. Roadhouse. Uh, yeah. Hey, Twin Peaks, The Return. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. Oh. Really good, yeah, because they had a different artist playing out the show every every week. Ah, okay. God, I need to watch that again. Yeah, hell of a pick. <laughs> uh, the Crow, and then he's put, we all, we all own this CD, don't we, with The Crow? Uh, and then he finishes off with old school. Look it up. You'd be surprised how good it is. Hasn't that got like Metallica, like Master of Puppets on it or something? I I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Let's so many quick... to look up now. It's like old school. I've like, well, gonna, well gonna, while I'm you're gonna... looking it up, I'll read yes. just, in, just in Noel's list. So he started with Highlander. Good choice. Uh, here's one. And when I read this, I thought, oh, fuck, yeah. The Lost Boys. What a soundtrack, The Lost Boys. Holy shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that that would have been... Oh, it must have been in my top 10, though. If I remember that, The Lost Boys. The Commitments, The Blues Brothers, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. Mm, that's a good list. That's a Blues good list, Brothers, Justin. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice one. Okay, I've got Old School in front of me. I Come won't list every single song on it. Yeah, but give me Lady some highlights. By, um, Lady by Sticks, Total Eclipse of a Heart, Here I Go Again. Cool. Um, Master of Puppets, um, Hungry Like the Wolf, uh, Sound of Silence. Oh, uh, Dust in the Wind, Everybody Dance Now, CNC Music Factory, and Vangelist, Jarrett Sophia. So, yeah, it's an excellent mix, with, along with some others on there. So That is a good one. Nice, nice. Uh, Neil C., he put Top Gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, another one for the Lost Boys as well. Uh, then Footloose, Beverly, Hill, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, and another Grease, another one for Grease. Nice. That's good. Nice. Uh, we have had an email from Tina. Uh, it, it is Who? a long one. It is a long one, so sit back, get comfortable now. Uh, and I will say, she did she did cheat. Because <laughs> this, this, Tina, this is not a top five. As you'll Tear tell, it up. As you'll, as you'll tell, mate, from the beginning. So she's put number one, right? Number one out of her top, air quotes, top five. Um, three albums as number one. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, Streets of Fire. Good. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Purple Rain. And then she's explained about why she's put them. So she said, I just cannot pick a number one slot 
as all three of these are equally important and wonderful. Saturday Night Fever was huge. I was 13 and way too young to see it. But then we only had three TV stations and all that was on TV was this film and Travolta and the Bee Gees on top of the pops. Though I did find Barry Gibb terrifying in a what's in a what's happening in my pants way. Oh, <laughs> Lord. This, <laughs> this, this album was six ninety nine, a double album. Most albums were two pound forty nine. So this was a huge amount of money. And through constant whining and begging, my dad bought it for me from Smith's in Wrexham. It was my second album. First was, oh, this has got to be a typo, Tina. First was Bridge Under Troubled Water. Isn't it Bridge Over Troubled Water? Simon and Garfunkel. When I was 12, I still have this album and still play it. When I was 18, I was a waitress in a horrible pub slash restaurant. And the only thing that got me through a shift was playing Purple Rain on tape on repeat in the kitchen. A horrible German man who worked in the local factory tried to grope me as I gave them their burgers. I sang Purple Rain to myself and thought about stabbing them in the face. (laughs) I wore my relaxed T-shirt to work. It was turquoise. A whole summer mist for 90 pence an hour. Finally, Streets of Fire. Why? Well, it's epic and has so many great anthemic songs that are timeless on it. Mainly Sorcerer, which I sing whenever I'm drunk. I can attest to that, mate. It's true. Uh, Number two. Actually, she she does pick one album as number two. Buena Vista Social Club. A warm UK summer and a very unhappy time in my life. But the one good memory I have is being with my then six-year-old son dancing in the garden to this wonderful, sublime and sensual album. You can believe it's 1957. You're in a club in Havana and Michael Corleone has just asked you to dance. It's just beautiful. Number three. Number three on her, again, remember, top five, uh, is another three albums. Uh, Number three, (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge and Elvis. Baz Luhrmann Luhrmann makes the best film soundtracks, far better than Tarantino. Romeo and Juliet, a soundtrack of its time, but all bangers. The Cardigans sing Love Fool equals Love Me, Love Say That You Love Me. Fool me, fool me, pretend that you love me. I probably read that out completely wrong how she wanted me to say it. Uh, Moulin Rouge, all covers sung by the cast. Who knew Ewan, McGe- Hugh- Ewan McGregor could sing? I love this film, love it. Come What May, a song by two film stars, and it's brilliant. And let's not forget Pink, Little Kim, and Christina Aguilera doing Lady Marmalade. Elvis. Wow, so sultry and so amazing. Have you heard this? It might, be, it might be his soundtrack. Chris Isaac and Stevie Nicks singing a dark, looming cotton candy land to suspicious minds on Valium. It's amazing with a few real Elvis vocals thrown in. Number four. And this is a cheat again, Tina. Come on. Any film soundtrack featuring Lisa Gerrard. She's done as many films. Yeah, exactly. That's my thought. But then she says she's done as many films as Hans Zimmer. An Australian songwriter-singer, all I can say is look for her on YouTube. Her solo albums and stuff with her band, Dead Can Dance, are all amazing. She's ethereal and sings in this made-up language. I love her. Most famous for Gladiator. It's probably her most mainstream soundtrack, so listen to Black Hawk Down. Okay. Number five. 
that'll be the day. My earliest memory of a film soundtrack belonging to my mum and dad who were born in the 30s and 40s, so rock and roll was their music. This is filled with the greatest hits of the 50s, but it wasn't an official soundtrack because it was released by Ronco. Oh my God, Ronco. What a great film it is. Starring Dave's favourite, David Essex, and yours too, Tom. Uh, Billy Fury, Keith Moon, and Ringo Starr. Uh, the next film, Stardust, was also released by Ronco. Just as a side note, we've quite recently rewatched That'll Be the Day and Stardust. Tina Boredom on, um, on Blu ray. So we've rewatched them. Good films, actually. Honourable mentions as well The Graduates. Oh, my God. The Graduates, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, brother, where art thou? Any Beatles film, Help, A Hard Day's Night, Magical Mystery Tour, and Let It Be. Uh, Stop Talking Sense about the Talking Heads, Frida, uh, Spinal Tap, Dash, Big Bottoms, Talk About Bum Cakes, My Girls Got Em. Uh, <laughs> I did hear that snigger. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 1 as well. So thank you, Tina, for that. There you go. Even though you did that- cheat. Even though you did cheat. Is that it? Is there any more? Any more for any more? That's it. That's all of them. Hello, I'm just jumping in while I do the edit because I noticed after me and Tom had finished recording, I checked Twitter and Sarah from the Barkside, please follow on Twitter, of course, if you don't already, at the Barkside shop, awesome sponsor of podcast mascot Bodie, please go and follow them. She listed five movie soundtracks for us. Thank you, Sarah. And they are another vote for The Crow, popular one. Singles, got to admit, I don't know that one. Don't think I've even seen the film, to be honest. Last Night in Soho, Lost Boys, again, Lost Boys is a popular one, and Grease, awesome soundtrack, awesome. Uh, And then just a few minutes later, she put, oh bugger, I forgot Top Gun. (gasps) Another great one. Thank you, Sarah. Let's get back to the show. Thank you to everybody that responded. Next up, of course, we've got to do it. You can only listen to five movie scores. What albums are they? What are you going to buy? I don't know. Go. Not you, just told, you, just, you just told me. Oh. Rocky Four. <laughs> I won't go for Rocky Four. It's a clash. Yes, there is. You know, there is a difference between a movie soundtrack and a movie score. So, what five movie scores? Again, I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. Blade Runner. Yes, closer to when we record, which will be towards the end. Over the top. <laughs> be all the same films with just the scores instead of the. Songs. Any film with Jean What's the face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's it she's ethereal yes so listen to her I bet she would make good movie scores I then. think I know I, in, in series I do actually I think I know who um, Tina means if yeah. um, it's it's one I think of Gladiator so yeah, ah okay um, and yeah if there's any any more for any more on the um, soundtracks let us know as well yeah let us know if you suddenly listen to this and you go oh yeah I would pick these send us an email um, and we'll read them out on the next show as well Right, we will take a break. At some point. No, yeah. no we, we will take a break, but I say we <laughs> go on. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> At some point, we should flip this and do like, what is the, what is the, 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 the albums that you, if you're on a desert island or what have you, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to try swimming to get the fuck off here. Like what, <laughs> you know, what, like the, the worst. Oh, I don't know that, yeah. but would you, oh. Yeah, Al- you know, like or or well, maybe not albums because what you know you wouldn't sort of end up with them and you you know you wouldn't make a habit of listening to bad albums. But what about movie soundtracks? You were just like, oh fucking hell. Yeah, if you watch the film, we have to yeah, we have to think of something like 
This might get negative. <laughs> Stop all this positivity. Good Lord. Let's, let's get to moaning. But we did, I can't remember what it was, um, but we did watch a film in the last few days, actually. I guess I could look on Letterboxd and see what it is. And um, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Oh, mate, we're going to come to that in a little bit. That's all I'm going to say about. Oh, oh right. Yeah, well, let's let, let us. We will take a break now. We will come back with the first time watch after you've listened to this. No one ever stood up to the Cobras, and Jeff Hanna was one of their best. You and me, we get the gospel. Like brothers, they fought side by side. And Hannah even enjoyed it for a while. Hey, it's enough. We won. I'm going to hurt him. No. It took all the courage he had to stop fighting. Don't walk on me, bro. Now, what would it take to survive the most dangerous time of his life? A time of vengeance. Cinco says you're a dead man. Deception. Seagull's word against mine, and I got a damn good reason to lie. A time of truth. You're trying to scare me. You're doing a terrific job. I don't want to scare you. I just want you to know how things stand. It begins at 3.15. Hold it right there, gentlemen. Take this. I don't want that shit. And just stop. You're dead, motherfucker. You are dead, dead. I'm guaranteed dead man if word gets out I'm a narc. All I got now is a cobra's on me. If I testify, it'll be the whole damn school. Please don't get involved. I'm not fighting anyone. He's gonna pay for this. You tell Jeff I need to talk to him in the Zero Club tonight. It's about Cinco. I got out. And he can't stand it. And just for the fun of it, he's going to get Sherry. It's simple. Either you take them out or they take you out. Either way, it's over real quick, right? 315. He turned his back on the gang. Now, he's the only one who stands in their way. It begins at 315. If it's ever going to end. 3.15. And welcome back. My first time movie pick was from 1986 and a film that is listed on IMDb quite simply as 3 colon 15. Uh, it is currently a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb from 782 ratings. And the synopsis is quite simply the Cobras, a vicious street gang, rule an embattled high school with their violent brand of terror. But they're headed for a showdown when an ex-gang member gone good challenges their brutal reign. Well, first time watch, mate. I think we should start with a bit of a 80s movie trope that we've talked about a few times oh on, the, on this show and 80s Picture House. So right near the beginning of the film, uh, you see, and, and again throughout the entire film, uh, you see a few times an exterior of where a lot of this is set. And it is uh, 
a high school. Okay. Now, American education system is, you know, a little bit different to over here in the UK. So I did look it up and I've got, I've got an explanation in front of me now, which I shall read out, uh, which says secondary education in the United States. Uh, secondary education, also known as high school education in the United States, typically covers grades 9 to 12. Students enter high school at age 14 or 15 and graduate at age 18 or 19. Uh, the age grade structure of high school education is crucial for understanding how students progress through their academic journey. journey. Uh, I will repeat, enter high school, age 14 to 15, leave age 18 to 19. <laughs> How many times are we going to have to point this out, mate, from uh, 1980s movies that are set in high school where people supposedly from that age range are played by actors who are mid-20s, luck in their mid-30s? <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. It is so off-putting. Was there anybody in high school that was of high school age in this film. Did you notice one person? No, this was like, this is one of the all-timers for this sort of thing. Like, you, you did say, but uh, because you watched it first a couple of days before me, you did like send me a voice message saying like, yeah, this has got a lot of that in it. And like, my God, some of them looked ancient. <laughs> like, there was one, there's one I sent you a photo of. It's just like, he's in the foreground of a shot in a classroom. And he just looks like, he looks like um, he just looks like he's got like three kids, got a mortgage, you know. Like he's <laughs> just like, mate. and some of them are in the background. You're just like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, that was that was a thought that went through my head a lot, mate. It was what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what ancient. The, what like, the fuck? And like, I'm sure you'll get to this. So in the film, there's a you know we have a cameo. From 80s B-movie Titan, Wingshauser. Oh, he appears. I didn't know. I've got to admit, I had no idea he was in it. And then he he appears as a father in it. In a, and he's <laughs> like, the age he is in that film, he could have just played one of the kids. <laughs> like, it's like, why is he playing a dad? He looks the same age as the kids. He's got a beard. Yeah. I literally, literally, I feel like we'll get into like before we'll, we'll the film, but like the film at that point, I was sort of just, I literally, when Wings Hauser came on the screen, I was just like, I just sort of sat up. I was like, said, Wings Hauser, and I messaged you saying the same. And then I just went to the film wishing he'd come back. Yeah. And then he's like, he he just doesn't appear in it again. He's uncredited. He's in it for about 30 seconds. If yeah. That... Yeah. He just showed up for 10 minutes and they went, oh, Wings, you okay, mate? Do you fancy uh, just appearing on screen as a dad? Like all films, needs more Wings Hauser. Oh, there's a docu. Actually, just as a bit of a tangent, there's a documentary coming out about Wingshauser as well, isn't oh, it? Oh, nice. Yeah. So, oh, is there? No, I haven't heard of that. I'm yeah, busy. yeah. So keep an eye on keep an eye on that because that is going to be an absolute, you know, must watch. Right. Uh, so anyway, the story goes: this Jeff, played by Adam Baldwin, um, it begins with him. He's in the Cobras, and um, shit goes down, and he he doesn't like it. He, you know. He's a good guy at heart. He shouldn't be in this bad gang of 14 to 18-year-olds. <laughs> he really shouldn't because oh, he's way too old for that. Uh, so that he leaves them and goes off to just carry on his high school education. And um, the Cobras carry on and they're drug dealing in the high school. 
and it it comes up that you know the the um it's not called i was going to say the headmaster it's the principal isn't it in american high schools yeah the, the principal is on to them and he gets is it like the police isn't it is it the, is it the actual police or is it some sort of drug agency i sort of lost i think it's the actual police isn't it that they get in because they know the cobras are dealing drugs and yeah the, initially they get the police involved yeah yeah and they're monitoring them and they're, you know there's a chase within the high school and the leader uh of the cobras he ends up in uh the, the gym changing rooms where jeff is wearing just a towel obviously and um tries to say oh it's his drugs it's him it's not me go and arrest him and then jeff goes nothing to do with me so you know he essentially rats on the cobras the worst crime you could do with a cobra is to be you know to be a to be a rat on a narc a narc and um so then that's it you know the entire film is the build up the cobras right you're pissed off with jeff now they're going to get their own back the whole school the whole high school is pissed off with jeff because you know they're their drug habit has been stopped. They were buying drugs off the Cobras. They can't get high anymore. So everybody, in essence, is pissed off with Jeff. So the Cobras, when they get out, and, you know, they, they can only be kept for so long before they can be released without any evidence, and, and Jeff refuses to, you know, to play the game with the, the principal and the police, the Cobras come out, and there's going to be this big fight. When's the big fight going to happen? Oh, it could happen at 3.15, hence the title of the film. Now you'd think that it's it because of the very nature of it. It's oh my god! It's it's boiling! It's boiling! It's going to bubble over! It's going to be this huge explosion. It never really happens, you know. It's it's no, it's no, no. it's no tough turf. It's no class of nineteen eighty four. Uh, you know the characters are good enough in it. You know, like what we said, just fucking way too old to play the characters that they're playing. But it is, and we've both said this between us. Um, it's build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. <sighs> Wet fart. There's just, oh, there's no big payoff for all of the build up that's happening in it. You'd at least think that it's going to hit 315 again, the title of the movie. And it's going to be this incredible, you know, yeah. 20, 30 minute sequence of holy shit, what's going on. And it never happens. And I think that's it's the big letdown. Like, yeah, like I messaged you. I was like, oh, it's 3.13. It's going to kick off. Yeah, it's and close. It's close. All it is, it's just so like, there's nothing terrible about the film or the build or anything like that. But all it is, they just run around after each other in the locker rooms. So it's just like, are you just going to start snapping each other with wet towels on the butt or something? It's like, it's such a like, <laughs> like is this it? Like, it's just a bit of a, a scrap in, a, in the locker rooms and around the school. Yeah. And like, it's and you know like yeah obviously that's pr probably what it was going to be but it's just so poorly executed yeah you're just like oh and you just you know you've been sat here for 18 minutes for nothing really yeah yeah um, and there's a there's another couple of things like Remy Remy o, o Alba Jonas who's in Deep Space Nine he's a principal always like seeing him and stuff yeah um, yeah why was Ed Lauer in this film <laughs> like yeah he's just he's just like there like in the scenes with the principal just saying oh yeah and then he has a few scenes with adam baldwin and then he's there at the end he's just like there's no need for this character to be in the film really weird um mm. but yeah it was just like like you say build 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 <gasps> nothing and what made it more disappointing for me was knowing that it was directed by larry gross who wrote 48 hours another yeah. 48 hours 
And also, we've mentioned this, Streets of Fire. <laughs> yeah. He wrote Streets of Fire. And you're watching this and you're thinking, because Streets of Fire is like constant all the way through this shit happening and you're on the edge of your seat. You know, again, not only is it an awesome soundtrack, it's like the film is like, whoa, 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 all the way through. And this is... It's not it's not boring because, you know, they're decent enough characters, you know, put aside taking the piss that they're all way too old. It's the fact that you go in all you go through all of this build up for nothing, really. It's just a, a really lame fight at the end of it when it should have been just like so much more, mate, so much more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, like character. Yeah, like obviously the old people, you know, the old jokes, you know, that's. One thing, but you know, you just you feel it's really going to build to something. It's really going to be something impressive. Well, yeah, especially just, when um... when through the film, because the Cobras are not the only gang that's in it. Uh, there's Mario Van Peebles, who's the leader of oh, I forget the name of the gang. It's something like the G Five or something like that. He's the leader of. Uh, then there's there's a gang of all these martial arts experts. There's a gang of somebody else, and you think, oh my god, this is going to build up to the end. And it's going to be all these, you know, it's going to be like the Warriors-esque with all these gangs coming in and there's different fights and they're fighting off against each other. And then all the way through this, it's going to end up with Jeff as he's made his way through the high school and all these gangs fighting each other. Then there's the final face-off with him and the main bad guy, um, Cinco. And you mm. think it's it's going to be, that, and that's going to be the end after they've gone through all of this. And it doesn't happen. He just has, has, so they introduce all of these different gangs and he really does, all he does, he just he has a bit of a chat with them. And he's like, oh, you mate, you're going to join me for the fight. And then they go, and all of them, all of them go, no. <laughs> what? Nah. What? Well, actually, the closest he gets is um, the, like, the martial arts gang. Yeah. They, oh, say, the they say, well, if you join us, Right, well, then, you know, you're one of the gang then, and we will obviously have to protect you. So that's the only time where Jeff goes, no, thanks, mate. No, I'm not going to join you. Yeah. What it's the- like, it's like you know, like Jake Mokomo earlier, imagine if we didn't speak about it. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> like, in this sort of film, it's just like, are you going to join us? Yeah, let's do it. But instead, it's literally... Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And they introduce all these different gangs, and it's like... Nah, mate, nah, nah. Good, yeah. good luck. And then when it happens, it's three fifteen, and like all of all of the gangs and all of the high school, they're all outside the high school, like waiting because it's all going to kick off. Because they have to. You'd think they'd fight outside the high school or something, but no. Jeff, he breaks in through a window to get into the high school, uh, and Cinco, the leader of the gang, and his gang members, they go like it's through a back gate that they bust open the lock and stuff, so they break in. So nobody can see the fight happening as well. <laughs> you think it'd be good, you know, if if all the gangs in the high school are watching this go on, but no, no, they disappear, they break into the high school and have, I say, a fight in its loosest possible sense inside the high school um, with nobody watching. And then I don't think there's, you know, we, we don't need to spoil it, but I don't think anybody would su- be surprised at who wins the fight, really. There is no big surprise, but it is... I mean- it wouldn't surprise me if they just decided to do that. Shall we stop fighting? Yeah. Credits. <laughs> that would be good. That does not happen, yeah. but it wouldn't shock you. Oh, Jeff joins the Cobras again. He's back oh. in the gang. Credits. That would be good. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was it was disappointing. It was all right. You know, I quite enjoyed it. I was I was disappointed with the ending again. Um, the build up was okay, but what's the point of build up if you don't have a payoff at the end of it? Yeah, exactly. Like nothing was terrible or awful about the build, but you mm. just assumed it was going to go somewhere and it didn't. Yeah, go go and watch Tough Turf. Go and watch Class of nineteen eighty four. Go and watch numerous other films like this mm. uh, before this one because this was just okay. It was okay. Nothing great. Yeah. Ah, sorry, mate. At least we've watched it right. now. We've watched it. Right. Let's move on to your rewatch pick. In this town, if you want justice, you have to take it. Cynthia Rothrock as Christy Jones. A street fighter searching for a man who murdered her sister. An undefeatable champion driven by insanity. What are you doing with my wife? If he can't have Anna, he'll kill anyone who even reminds him of her. Come on, tough guy! Sergeant Nick DeMarco knows his name. Free! Christy Jones is determined to find the killer. You're crazy. My name's not Anna. But every wasted minute costs another life. I'm talking about my sister. Your ass is mine. Big mistake. Red. Well, you ruined my mood! Are you hurting me? Shockwave rocked the city. We're gonna start another gang war. Well, I tried to wait for you, but they jumped us. You've got a lot to learn about police work. Nick and Christy team up. It's all your fault. Jennifer, run! With the help of a beautiful psychologist, Christy and Nick unite in a fight for supremacy. It will take every ounce of muscle, every skill, Every technique to end the fatal desire of this madman. So, my pick was from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Reason for the pick was it might as well be an eighties film. One of those. One of those. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and it's in fear. It's in fear in it. So, um, it was. Godfrey Ho, yes, Godfrey Ho. <laughs> it was undefeatable. Well, can we just is... say, mate, be, uh, before I forget, it was Godfrey Ho, but on the on the credits for the version I watched, it was mm. Godfrey Hall, yet on the back cover of the DVD, it was Godfrey Hall II directed it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess this was in the time where it's like, oh, you know, we don't want it to 
do we don't want it to sound foreign so <laughs> yeah. but you know i mean godfrey ho i mean his his output speaks itself oh, God, so yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah this is one of the uh one of the films where he's not just splicing random other films together um this was uh for a change <laughs> no this was something else entirely i mean it's got a reputation as you know like we've both seen it of course it's got a rep for being one of those films and it most certainly is mm. um now as i mentioned earlier i have it in glistening 4k thanks to uh yeah, early yeah. Vinicus syndrome um and there's two different cuts of the film on that oh, on the okay. on the vinegar syndrome release. So um yeah. predominantly we're going to be talking about obviously the version we both watched, but afterwards I'm gonna mention um the Bloody Mary Killer <laughs> Hong Kong cut of a film. Uh and uh what what's different and what's the same. Nice. So anyway, we start with um Paul Stingray. <laughs> I mean and what a villain. What a villain. Don Niam. Um not in enough stuff, or maybe in too much stuff, depending on <laughs> yeah, where you fall on it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so we start in a psychiatrist's office, like all good martial arts films should. Yeah. Um, um, and it's like, um, um, Anna, was the name you hear a lot in this film, Anna's talking it about is, his boyfriend yeah. uh, to a psychiatrist. He's called Paul. He's a bit of a... <sighs> He's a fucking lunatic. So <laughs> yeah. And he's got a mullet yeah. and he's got mad eyes and just just pause and Google Don Niam. Yeah. And, that's what you uh, mean, mate. Mullet and mad eyes. I think that's yeah, it works for me. <laughs> that's the that's been your look for a while, mate. Love it. So we see um and then we're introduced to a cop. The cop of a mm-hmm. of a male lead, I suppose, Nick. Um and he hilariously busts up uh, a store robbery and Okay, so he's got a partner, um, and there's no way his partner can be an actor. No. I'm sorry, but he comes in, you know, he's he's waiting for his partner who's gone into the shop, and he just opens the shop door, and he's just like, hey, what's what's holding you up? It's just like, <laughs> is this the best take? <laughs> it's just like, he's just, oh, he's dreadful. He's so bad. And like when you're watching, like... It's particularly impressive when you're watching a film like Undefeatable and someone's poor performance stands out. <laughs> like, it reminded me, mate, of our our good friend, rest in peace, Stuart Chapin, and his saying of, yeah, good for lighting, good for sound, moving on. And I was like, okay, yeah, you managed to say the words, not necessarily very yeah. good, but you said them. So, yeah, let, let's move on to the next scene. That, it must be a case of that. And I'm talking about, like, good for picture, good for sound, yeah. like Stuart used to say, this film does look really good. Like, it's shot really well in places. Um, I've, You know, I mean, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, maybe it's because there was a, on the blu-ray or the 4k what have you um there's a interview with a cinematographer and like when mm. you actually listen to him like oh, like the way some of the scenes are lit and stuff I'm like oh yeah this is a bit of a step up from this sort of thing you know it's not like it's um, it's yeah i mean especially for godfrey ho as well it was you know what a lot of scorsese or anything well, but, no, it's, but it's it's good yeah so yeah i mean afterwards it's like yeah there was some yeah, it did look quite good. Yeah. Anyway, then we're introduced. Enough of that. Cynthia Rothrock. That's why we're here. We're introduced to her. She's in a gang of street toughs. More street toughs. More gangs. Uh, um, now at least they don't profess to be high school students. So that's something. <laughs> Thank, yeah, God for that. She's just um, 
fighting people from other gangs for money. So, which if if we were toughening in a gang, that's exactly what we'd do. So, yeah. Um, and then cop <laughs> Nick busts her and um, you know interrogates her a bit. Did you notice Nick the cop when he's interrogating Cynthia for the first time mm-hmm. um, is wearing a jumper? But, I mean, I, I, but he's wearing a jumper or a sweatshirt, and it's yeah. got a, a logo of something on it. Did you tap? I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like I saw it in the 4K and I noticed every detail. <laughs> I mean, this is probably something you would have seen on DVD on the DVD of it. You may not, okay. you may have just not missed it. Um, he's wearing a um, a jumper or sweatshirt that says BUM Equipment, Bum Equipment. <laughs> don't know what that means. What the hell? Funny. Bum equipment. Bum um, equipment t-shirt. What the hell is... What, what, what is bum equipment? What, bum, um, pants? Yeah, and why would you have it on like a jumper or something? Lou roll. <laughs> bum equipment. Andrex. What? Andrex is bum equipment. <laughs> That's it. We uh, need to stop calling toilet roll, toilet paper. That yeah, it is, is bum, equi- bum equipment. Bum equipment <laughs> from that one. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, about a bum equipment. Oh, no. Oh, we've I'm run out. sure. I've got any bum equipment. <laughs> we've run out of bum equipment. Going to Tesco. Excuse me, could you show, tell me where the bum equipment is? <laughs> oh, that's it from now on, mate. <laughs> toilet roll no longer exists. <laughs> bum equipment. <laughs> so, um, so um, in amongst this, we get introduced to Cynthia's um, sister. Um, I keep calling her Cynthia. Her character name's Christy, but... yeah. Stuff. Yeah, um, and I, it's you've never been more convinced like a character is going to die than oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like she is here to be killed off and for revenge to be had. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we're introduced to her. She's going through college or some shots, as I say. It's not relevant. She's here to be killed off. <laughs> um, and then we go back to um, Paul slash Stingray, who's <laughs> um, uh, oh dear, very unpleasant rape scene. Um, yeah, it bit, is actually. A bit much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's just nuts. He's got um, it's his wife. Isn't it? They were at home, and he he's just, he's just been part of a big fight for money, hasn't he? He's won. He comes home. His wife's making him steak, making him a nice meal. He comes back, and you think, oh, I don't want steak. I want to rape you instead. Um, yeah, which, which yeah. He does over the table, yeah. which is a bit. Okay. I mean, it just goes on for too long. It is. Yeah. It, is, it like, is. Yeah. Looking like we do not need to put those sound effects in this film. No. Like and his face, um, it, the, yeah. the close-ups on his face are just like yeah. And he keeps like zooming back to his fight, and you know he's yeah, you know, yeah. It's not pleasant. No, like we didn't need that. I mean, it's just it's just what happens in these films. Mm. And you always look back and be like, there's a hundred different ways you could have put this across that he's horrible. And in the case of Donnie M, just fucking look at him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> anyway, so um, Anna hightails it hits the road, fuck you, um, makes him a full dinner before she does so. It's, I've made your favourite meal. Yeah. Like, fucking raped you. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, I, I, I will make his favourite meal, though. Very strange. Yeah. Um, bottle of wine, puts the glass out, yeah, his meal. Yeah, maybe he tried to cushion the blow. But um, I didn't even notice he says, and this is where you find out he's got mum issues. Like, every mm. time you call me mummy, you choke the life out of me. And he's he's sat there on the staircase. Um and flashback. he has a flashback to when yeah. he was a kid, and you know he's like he's he's got some mummy issues. Yeah. Um, um, Nick starts to hang around Cynthia a bit, you know, as this is going. Um, um, but the Nick and Cynthia stuff, 
it's not that interesting, you know, to, to give a film a negative. It's like, as it goes on, like the scenes of them too, they've got like the chemistry, they've got no chemistry whatsoever. Mm. And it, uh, it does drag out a bit, but I'll get to that. Um, Stingray's not taking this very well. Um, no. He's, um, uh, well, he's sprayed um, his mullet with two dark red lines in his hair. Right. Um, now th- this was something, mate, because I noticed c- because this is this only happens in like two parts of the film. So <laughs> yeah, you see him right. You, you, he's, it, Anna's left him. His wife's left him. So he's stood in the bathroom, and for wh- for whatever reason, I think I know the reason. Uh, he gets this because you would have it in the bathroom, wouldn't you? Some like some red spray for your hair uh, in yeah. an aerosol can. And he he sprays these two red stripes over his black Oh, interesting theory that's just come into my head. Like why he's got that hair dyed there. Go on. Do you think Anna dyed her hair? Oh, yeah, because she's a redhead. Yeah. That's a thought. Yeah, I never thought. I think I'll be finding logic in this film, no, all right? Yeah, yeah, stop, yeah exactly. Stop. You pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop finding anything logical in this. Yeah, so, so yeah. Um, he, he sprays uh, that, but then it cuts, and then we go to the first scene. Um, because, of course, then he's, you know, his thing is he wants to find Anna, doesn't he? So he, he he's just constantly, and any woman who looks vaguely any, like Anna. Any brunette in a nice dress. Yeah, it's like, like a, If Anna, I put a nice dress on, yeah. would he think I'm Anna? Probably would, mate. You could be sequel. Seeker, there you go. Undefeatable two. Uh, Top of the dress. Colon bomb equipment. Um, <laughs> so he's any woman. He's going like Anna. You're coming with me. Um, but yes, yeah, so we. She's left. He sprays. You know these two red stripes. Then so the first woman he sees, um, who he approaches, which is in a multi-story car park. And you see, he's got really well defined now because when he sprays it in the bathroom, it's a bit, it's a bit shit the way he does it. He just like, sprays it on yeah. quickly. Whereas when it then cuts to he's in the multi-story car park, it's really proper, well defined. These red, two red stripes all the way from the front to the back of his mullet. Now I think that was either at the beginning or the end of the film that they filmed that scene, and he had got those in his hair. Then he got rid of them. And then they're thinking, fuck, how can we explain that? We need to do it somehow. So they then filmed that scene in the bathroom with him like, spraying the red because they never appear again. That's the only yeah, two times yeah, they appear it. in the whole film. <laughs> so it must have been that fight in the car park. He had them either at the beginning or the end, then got rid of them, probably the beginning, and then they had to explain it somehow. Um you know, unless anybody knows different, let me know. But it is it is quite noticeable that he never has them again, isn't it, all the way through. But it is, you know, it's a pretty cool look, I thought. Yeah, well. Yeah. I would besmirch my mullet with hairspray. <laughs> um, so Stingray, um, yeah, so it's the first, he thinks every woman who looks like Anna is Anna. Yeah. Um, and this first... Anna lookalike's uh, boyfriend or partner is a world karate champion. Oh, Kills him. I mean, the chances, mate. He goes looking. For, he goes looking for an Anna. He goes into a multi-story car park. He sees somebody that looks like his ex-wife, and she's with her partner. And he is an ex-world karate champion. Everybody. I mean, let's let's touch on this. Everybody in this film. Is a martial arts expert. <laughs> yeah. Everybody he meets an Anna. He meets a lot of people, a lot of women who he thinks are Anna, and either they and slash 
or the person that they are with is a martial arts expert. I mean, what's the chances of that? Even the cop, Nick, is a martial arts expert. They live in this world of martial arts experts. I've never seen so many in a film. Yeah, like everyone. Everyone is. <laughs> what a place to live, mate. So, talking of that, back to Christie fighting some people for money. Is a guy called Bear. Mm-hmm. He's, he wears Zubaz and football shoulder pads. Um, Christie beats him. Honestly, it feels like at this point where it's just like, it feels like at some point when they're filming, they're filming the stuff with Don Niam and they're like, oh, mate, this guy's, this is, this is where the gold is. Like, this guy's just like comes off, like, he's dreadful. Hmm. And he's, he looks like a maniac. And yeah. it's just like, and like everything like Cynthia Rothrock and Nick the Copper doing a bit like, oh, fine, okay, cool. Yeah. They just do that thing. Um, so he, she gets more money. Um, Bear and uh, Bear's missus go home, but Stingray happens to be driving past, and guess who Bear's missus looks like? Anna! Anna! <laughs> Follows them home, predictable results, um, kills Bear. Mm. Not, not good for Anna, or Anna's double. No. Um, but it's not never good mind. For any of Anna's doubles, mate, it's never good no, for them. It's, no. it's never a good ending. Seems to take them. that. Seems to like ripping people's eyes out. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ripping their eyes out and and keeping them. Yeah, keeps them. Yeah, it, will, it, will, it keeps them. But he does. Will, you know, fair play. After after he has ripped their eyes out, he does put them in a you know a nice flowered dress and leaves flowers near their bleeding eye socketed corpse. Thoughtful. Yeah. Thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Better love there at the end. Um, we have a scene with Nick and his partner, topless, sweaty training i, I realize him and his partner look a lot alike they do um, actually yeah they do uh but um pointless just i guess to establish nick can also do martial arts mm. excuse me which we assumed he can because everyone in this film does so <laughs> um and also his partner can because of course yeah everyone Everybody. um stingray bumps into a woman who doesn't look like anna this is like this is important it is. doesn't look like anna yeah she she immediately propositions him to go back to her so yeah, exactly but he, sex i go i'm just like wow okay <laughs> he bumps into her she's carrying like a box of shopping and mm. it goes flying he helps her to pick to pick it up so of course she immediately says you want to come back to my place <laughs> Literally, it's not David's <laughs> not No, no small talk whatsoever. You've knocked me over, and well, you know, shopping's gone flying. You've been good enough to pick it up, so come back to my place for a shag. And he's like, no, 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 thank you. I mean, I think he might have considered it, but then, but then he sees Christie's sister, who guess what? Looks like Anna. <laughs> oh dear, bad me. move. Um, he's uh, she's with one of the the chump gang, like these gang of idiots. Um, beats the shit out of him um, and then takes a sister um, and this is where I noticed the red in my hair was gone um, and murdered the sister, eyes gouged out the whole nine mm. yards um, and this is where we get into this is where the film sort of kind of dragged a little bit when it's just Cynthia and Nick looking for some likely targets, going yeah. door to door having some fights, it's the wrong person, just goes on a little while I thought this bit it was just a bit went on a bit and like the stuff with the um the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist comes back into it a lot of just conversations about Nick yeah like, yeah we know he's nuts we've literally seen him like 
we could just glimpse him. <laughs> they just needed, didn't they? They just needed that. I mean, with the psychiatrist, it was that link of okay. So how is how is Christy and Nick gonna find Stingray? And it's like, oh, the psychiatrist is sort of the link and can put a few bits together and point them in the right direction. But it is a bit. Oh, okay. Actually, the psychiatrist could be the only one that isn't a martial arts expert. Unless it was never shown. Unless, you know, there's... Maybe, no, maybe she, she does. She, this... No, she does do martial arts. Does she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she fights back a bit in a later scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so there really is nobody that isn't no, a martial yeah, no, arts no expert. No, 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 no. This is like... I'm just trying to think of a gang. I mean, not all. We didn't see all of a gang fight, but you just assume they will. Yeah. Think of any character, even the <laughs> shit partner, the kid in the grocery store that, that gets turned over at the start. There you go. There you um, go. The little tiny kid who gets pushed over. Yeah, but that. I mean, but, we can't yeah. even guarantee that. But yeah. um, maybe he anyway, did go on. He joined a martial arts school. Yeah. <laughs> That's what did it. Sequel. Yeah. Bum. Bum equipment. <laughs> uh, so. Um, uh, lost the track. So yeah, whilst looking, oh, oh, you know, turning all these stones over and stuff like this, looking for who did it, um, they um, come to Stingray's agent because he's a martial arts fighter. He's got an agent. We met him earlier in the film. wasn't an important scene really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, they just miss him because he's off to try and find Stingray. And he goes to Stingray's place, and he discovers he walks in and he has some eyeballs in a fish tank. Uh, which she asks a few more no. question. Why yeah. does Stingray have eyeballs, eyeballs in a fish tank for? Yeah. Like, he's mental. You've met him. Yeah. Um, he gets killed. Nick and Shitcop um, find him. Love one off. Um, in the meantime, Stingray has found via letter uh, the psychiatrist who um, uh, was treating Anna. Anna. Um, he pret- She pretends to be Anna at first. Mm. Um Risky strategy, considering what he does to anyone who looks like <laughs> exactly, Anna. yeah. Uh, then that's when she does a bit of martial arts. Uh, of course, yes. She then, yes, yes. in a much better idea, pretends to be the mum, <laughs> which really does start to work until he just chains her up like he's done before. Everybody, yeah. Okay, and then we get um, a uh, Cynthia Nick track Stingray down, and then it's. Final fight time, Cynthia versus Stingray. Only it's not final fight time. Um, <laughs> not quite. They have a ruck. Um, he gets away. Mike is a cop. Uh, the useless one. He gets shot and killed. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, no, this isn't the finale. Um, uh, the psychiatrist is in hospital. She made it out alive, thankfully. Um, uh, Stingray poses as a doctor and abductor. Doesn't get far. Only gets as far as the hospital boiler room because... Um, Cynthia and Nick have just left. And then, my God. <laughs> the fight scene to end all fight scenes. <laughs> a much, a much better finale than 315. <laughs> Holy shit. You're building up to a final fight scene. And that is actually what happens is you're let down at first because, like, the final fight scene, the fight scene between just Cynthia and um, Stingray, it's all right, it's decent. Hmm. But, but then you're like, oh, film's carrying on. And then, my God, 
this final fight scene between initially Nick and and at first I was a bit like uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the film I was a bit like oh it's, it's Nick versus Stingray they're just like yeah. removing Cynthia from it completely no mm. she comes in later and <laughs> holy shit this is just oh god I don't even know where to start with it it's it's sweaty it's yeah. crazy yeah shirts get torn off for no reason yeah there are puns <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock rolls up and starts. Someone loses an eye, then someone loses an eye again. It's just um, the way that the eyes are lost as well. It's like... the first one. What? How did that first one happen? He like he gets he gets stuck to a wall. Like there is, he there is gets, there is something sticking out of the wall. Yeah, you can't fair play. Stop, you, yeah, like a little hook or something. But you know, if you're not paying too much attention. It did at first look like he's just like his his eye got stuck in a wall and came out, but it's I mean that is that is fine because there's no doubt about how uh, Stingray's second eye gets oh. he literally gets put on a hook by the eye yeah. and raised up, and then we get like <laughs> this is so when so there's a hook in his in, you know one one eye's gone obviously hook has gone in the other eye lifted him up off the ground. But then I always love stuff like this when you see, and of course he's being lifted up to, you know, a fair height, let's be honest. So, of course, his body is twisting around a little bit towards the camera. So you then see the harness that is keeping him attached <laughs> to the hook as well. And that's me watching it on DVD, so I don't know how clearly you saw it on 4K as well, mate. Yeah, pretty clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's just it's this fight scene. I think you could just watch the oh, fight scene the on fight YouTube. Scene's like, amazing. It's just like wow, yeah. This is like you say, complete opposite three fifteen. It's um, yeah. Oh know, god, yeah, yeah. To the point where like you just weren't expecting this mad a fight scene. It's just yeah. Uh, it's superb. Uh, unfortunately, the puns at the end um, fall a bit flat when he's up on the hook crane thing. Yeah, Cynthia's just like keep an eye out for you, Sin- uh, Stingray, and then Nick just goes, yeah, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Could have done better. Yeah. Anyway, so um, at the end of the film, Christy leaves a gang, enrolls them in college, Nick mm. enrolls her. Like, this just is like, there's like an advert for colleges um, yeah. generally at the end. College. Um, and then, yeah, credits. Um, and my final note was the score was the same piece of music over and over again. It was the dr- That was it when I said about, when you were saying about scores that were like, oh, that you would avoid. This. It was the same sort of like drum beat all the way through it. I think it was like a four beat drum beat um, that thankfully I've forgotten and I won't repeat or even try to repeat. But like me and Tina were watching it and she was going, this is like the same. It's the same all the way through. <laughs> it was going through. I Actually, before I forget as well, because um, I watched it on DVD. It's a DVD I've had for like, for, oh God, God knows how long. It was like, you know, I would presume it's a very early DVD because mm. I put it on and I sent you a picture of the menu screen, which consisted of a picture of Cynthia Rothrock's face and a little round button that said, play. And that was the menu sc- Nothing. And you said, special features equals a menu screen. Yeah, that's it. And that was Literally it. Like- you could just press play. So it was 4-3 picture. It wasn't widescreen. It was 4-3. Uh, it did look like a VHS uh, but one bit, and I again, I videoed it and WhatsApped it to you because in the top right-hand corner of one scene, 
do you see the boom mic appear? <laughs> it just like pops into view and then just goes whoop and then back again, which is, yeah, again, I love shit like that. So, um, but it was, you know, considering it was, I think it was, it must have been like way back in the day when CEX sold like 10p DVDs. I think it was one of those that I picked up a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. That fits. That fits. <laughs> but. Mm. My version of it yes. has an entirely different cut of a film on. Oh, it is interesting. Go on then. So, this film, this the Hong Kong version, it's called Bloody Mary Killer. Um, and some statistics to start with. This cut version cuts 33 minutes from a version of Undefeatable that we watched. What? Th- and, whoa, 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 what? 33 minutes. Yes, and adds a new subplot which comes to half an hour. Oh my! Yeah, this God. isn't one of those like this is an alternate take. This is a completely different film for a lot of it. Wow, that really is like a proper different film. So I've tried to list uh, basically what happened. So um, different score. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. Also gets repetitive. <laughs> oh damn it! More guitars and keyboards. Okay, and it starts with Cynthia doing a training montage in a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously Cynthia's more of the star here okay. um, so we know we need to see her immediately and then uh, the actor Robin Shu, who was um, Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat films in the 90s yeah. uh, who's in the Death Race films he's in it Okay, and he's the main star of the subplot he's a Hong Kong undercover detective who comes to LA, his dad's there um, uh, <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of gang stuff like Martial arts gang. One of the um, gang is from a gang, like Cynthia's gang. Yeah. One, the one who gets um, beaten up. Uh, one who's with a sister and is beaten up. Yeah. Turns out he was killed, um, uh, which is why he's not in the last scene of the film. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, like, he's undercover. He's looking for someone, you know, like a triad gang member. And that's basically all this is. Like, it's just him going from fight scene to fight scene looking for this person. There's a sort of a subplot to the subplot about the character's dad, who's got a um, a black book of triad members, and he's fearing extradition because he's got this and he's not safe for him to have it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first bit of actual undefeatable is the, the shop the robbery scene where Nick and Mike are introduced. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you like Don Niam, bad news. He's... he's stuff is cut to pieces no here's me th- like not just thinking hoping you were gonna say there's a shit ton more of him yeah like <gasps> unfortunately we get the full rape scene of course like oh, have to leave so that, in, that in yeah but then the next time we see stingray it's the car park fight like oh no explanation God. that anna's left he's just looking for anna like there's no reference to anna leaving until later on a character says uh, I think they it's the psychiatrist character because this is his um, Cantonese dubbed subtitled in, in English says I advised her to go um, or, or was it a friend but it was another character said she advised Anna to leave that's it's reference then but not before then we just go straight to the car park fight so it really doesn't make sense why he thinks this person is Anna uh, when the last time we saw them for better or worse they were together yeah um, uh, and, and the only real link to the rest of the film is since while the, the undercover cop and the gang of friends are looking for this other one, Cynthia has like an exhibition fight with him. 
and that's the only time like their paths cross. Um, oh uh, my god! Uh, in the end, they find him. They have a fight, um, and that's about it, really. Um, the film—it's uh, just oh, there's just like bits where it's just there's a bit where like there's um i think it's like a stepsister or something is introduced her characters in this mm-hmm. and she's introduced by doing karaoke in a karaoke bar and it's just like two minutes of her singing karaoke and i'm just like what the fuck is this <laughs> so um like yeah donny am's in it sporadically um the fight scene is intact at the end thank god and it, but that's not the fight the, the whole all the, no flashback with Donny Am, no stuff about my mummy issues. Really stripped down, basic. He's just killing other people for yeah. thinking they're Anna, but killing him, but not really explaining why. The psychiatrist stuff's cut way down, um, and it just sort of ends with um, the undercover cop going back to Hong Kong and telling his stepsister, whoever it is, that he'll be back soon. He's just like, wow. oh yeah, that yeah, that guy who killed. Um, you know, our friend who is also in the Cynthia's gang. Oh, yeah, though, he's dead now. Um, I'm going back to Hong Kong. And I've had my fight with the other guy. And it's just like, oh, that's it then. What a different film. What yeah, a really very different strange. film. Wouldn't not recommend. <laughs> no, so interesting out with, for yeah, a comparison. I was going like, to say, yeah, out with, out with the two versions, the original version then is definitely the best one to yeah, watch. Yeah, I mean, it's just no real explanation. They don't cross apart like, you know, like Robin Shoe's character never crossed paths with Don Niam. I only crossed paths with Cynthia in one scene, just just and then the other lad who gets killed off, who even though in the original cut of Undefeatable we don't even know he's been killed off. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's um Yeah, it's an interesting curion, you know, that they decided it's just the fact that it doesn't like not there's no real motivation for Don Yam. You don't know why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, and then like they gave you a little bit in in um in the undefeatable cut. So yeah, I would say the Western cut um is the one to go for. Oh wow, yeah. Here's me hoping you were going to say, oh yeah, there's loads more Don Yam, but but there's not. <laughs> why less? Why less? Jeez, that's bad. That is bad. Oh well, I, I forgot to ask um as well at the end of three fifteen first time watch. Uh, worth watching? Worth watching? I think meant so. No, probably no, not. Probably not. Undefeatable? Worth rewatching? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> and I'm definitely worth watching um, Bloody Mary Killer. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. I won't rule out watching it again. Like, mm. if I, if I, you know, feel like, like, oh, yeah, let's try that again. Uh, but no, I mean, the one to go for is the regular, the yeah. regular cut. Yeah. I will. Uh, I will pick that 4K disc up if you know. See it. Uh, see it in a sale somewhere or something like that. It's one that I'll keep yeah, on my I mean, watch list to pick up at some Black point. Come Black Friday, I'm sure it will be mm. in the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. That is because it is. Uh, it's well worth rewatching. That's for sure. <laughs> right then, mate. Uh, we will take a break. We will be back after this with our picks for the next episode. Well, mate, your first time watch pick. What have this you got? Is. What so, have gonna, you got? Going to keep it Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to uh, 1991. Link might as well be the 80s. It's a weak <laughs> link. I'm not going to lie. It's a weak link. 
but <laughs> tough. Um, this is um, starring a lot of uh, Hong Kong uh, action movie royalty, like Alan Tam and Andy Lau and Eric Sang. Yeah. Um, directed by uh, Wong Jing, who directed a certain film called Magic Crystal. Oh. As well as uh, God of Gamblers and City Hunter. I didn't realize it was all the same director. Okay. It is um, from 1991, and it is The Last Blood or 12 Hours of Terror. 12 Hours of Terror. Okay, then, mate. Right. That'll be an uh, interesting first time watch. Yeah. Right. I look forward to that, then, mate. I shall, uh, I shall get that watched before we record, obviously. My rewatch pick is also from the 90s. It's from 1994. But there is a big, you know, 80s connection. As you will know, it stars Eric Roberts, Rod Steiger. Oh, no, I know what it is. James Woods. I did look on your letter. I did look on your letterbox. Just press a button. Just press it. Yo, Polly. <laughs> I did look. I look when you last watched it and there was no date which to me means it's been a while since you watched yeah, it. Yeah, it predates my letterbox exactly. logging, my film logging, so it predates yeah. 2012. So I thought it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've watched it. Um, also stars Sharon Stone and, of course, Sylvester Stallone. It is The Specialist. Oh, I and he gets his ass out so blatantly. I haven't seen, I mean, keeping with the bum equipment theme, mate, of this show. Bum I equipment. I haven't seen Sly's ass for a long time, so I thought, yeah, let's watch The Specialist. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I've got a Blu-ray, so... Hmm? Um, <laughs> LHD ass, ass cheeks. I just remember there's a shower scene and it's just... That's all, that, that's all, that's all I remember from it. <laughs> that's bad. Oh, yeah, but... <laughs> that is bad. Um, but yeah, I've not, I've not seen it for such a long time, mate, and I know... No, I'm... cool, I'm looking forward to watching yeah, that. Yeah, so I thought, I, you know, I need another... Yeah, I haven't watched it since I've had Letterbox, so it ticks another sly one on my Letterbox watching. So yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Um, right, there we go. There's the two picks for the next show. Which Big week? action films next time. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? It'd be interesting to uh, to have a chat about those. We'll record all being well. The end of uh, September. Holy shit! End of September, mate. Oh my lord. Autumn. Well into autumn by then. Yes, um, it's getting into spooky season. We have to remember October, ooh, horror films only. So. Yeah, we will for the October show, that's for sure. Um, yeah, listeners, if you've got anything to say, any feedback from what uh, you've heard in this show or others, let us know. Easy to do. Um, contact at 60mw.co.uk is the email or give us a tweet at 60mw podcast. Uh, go to the website, 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. All the links are on there, everything that we do. It's on there, news, reviews, podcasts, uh, link to contact page if you want to contact us through there. Uh, but yeah, let's know. Let's know what you think. And we will be back, mate, like I said, all being well, the end of September mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, two action movies. But I think overall, I mean, you definitely won the movie pick of this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Easily won the movie pick. But I mean, I remember enjoying The Specialist, but we'll... And will we will enjoy we? Mm. Last Blood more? I mean, who knows? We might do. We Project to the do. Magic Crystal. I, I mean, that's a big his plus. second. His second film. I mean, because because I've remembered now that we spoke about it, his second film that we'll be uh, wow uh, talking about this year. So yeah, Wong Jing. So uh, that is definitely a, a a big draw for me, mate. The director of the Magic Crystal. In so. uh, will in uh, in four months' time, will I remember that we've spoken about it? Who knows? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> It will go the same way as Magic Crystal in your memories. 
That'll be it. Gone forever. Who? Magic what? What? Who, who did that? <laughs> well, it's not like I forgot the film. I just forgot the context in which I watched it. Yeah. Because I wasn't, when, I'm, I'm just trying to defend myself to have a bitter end here. It wasn't like when I was watching it, I knew I was going to be watching it for the podcast. That's it, uh, yeah. That's you, my defense. It's it's a fairly decent defense, mate. I'll give you that. And, you know, in a, it works. In a court, of, hold up. court of law, you, you know, you may get them, you know. Yeah, but jurors might. Just might do. <laughs> defend you. <laughs> right. And with that, we shall disappear. Thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget to stock up on bomb equipment. Goodbye. <laughs>